Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 90. We're getting closer and closer to 100. It's, uh, I mean, time's flying. <laughs> we're, the, the numbers are stacking up. Uh, we're here to talk about pop culture things that interest us, and sometimes there's whiskey. I'm joined, as always, by Andrea. Hello, everybody. Good to be back. And we have returning guest Mike to finish our discussion on The Witcher. All right. Yeah. So um, we'll be talking a little bit of news, how our weeks have been, and then we'll be getting spoilery about uh, Netflix's The Witcher. Last week, we talked about season one thoughts and the first half of, of season two. So we're going to be getting into the we're finishing out that that season now. But we'll talk about some other things in a non spoiler fashion before that. If you um, have not yet finished watching The Witcher um, before we get to that, even. Let's talk mm -hmm. drink holidays. Mm hmm. Yeah. So uh, this week we can finally, if we're celebrating uh, as directed by our drink holidays, um, we can finally say that sometimes there is whiskey on this podcast mm -hmm. uh, because uh, just a few days ago on January 11th, it was hot toddy day. Um, so that's what I decided to make. For myself, as a nice hot toddy on this very cold, snowy Minnesota Friday. John, John. Same deal. Yeah. Same deal. Yeah. Oh, man. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Um, and then if, uh, if you're not feeling of the, you know, warm drink persuasion, tomorrow it is Baltic Porter Day. So very specific kind of beer, but, you know, yeah. grab a beer. I feel like originally a Baltic Porter would be drink, drank warm. Yeah. Just, you know, whatever the outside temperature is, that's what you're getting at. Right. <laughs> well, definitely wouldn't be warm in Minnesota. That's for sure. That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, great. So, yeah, we got a couple. We're celebrating some holidays. Mike, are you celebrating either of these things? I, I'm a simple person. Uh, mm -hmm. I like to go against the grain and do the opposite of what I'm told. And I like to drink Moscow mules. So, once okay. again, same old story. Sorry, y'all. All right. Cheers. I think it you should Cheers. just uh you should just call it like um you know, I don't know, Skellige Mule or something like that. There you go. You know, just there like go. yeah. Nice. Centra Mule. Yeah. Right. Yeah, very topical to the show. I have to say, yeah. speaking of mules, you guys are missing out on an important day of celebration. Not aware of it? Which... Okay. Is Feast it of the ass day? <laughs> okay. Can you repeat that one? Feast of the ass day. Okay. All right. Can you explain that one? Yeah, I will, I will read it. I will read it. Because um, I got so some I mental pictures, John, and I'd like to get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> the Feast of the Ass on January 14th began as a medieval Christian feast and commemorates the Israelites' flight into Egypt. It was predominantly observed in France as a variant of the Feast of Fools, which commemorated biblical donkey-related narratives, particularly the donkey that carried the Holy Family into Egypt following Jesus' birth. So, happy Feast of the Ass Day to you both. And to all that of you lovely people coaster. out there. Yeah. John, 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 it's not getting any better every time you say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a roller coaster. Even knowing, me, yeah. even knowing that, yeah, even knowing the history, it's, it's still, you know. <laughs> well, at first I was like, okay, it's 
that's that's an aggressive name. And then I was like, mm-hmm. well, maybe it's it's got to do with donkeys. Then you started describing it. I was like, oh, it doesn't have to do with donkeys. And then you're like, then you did say it was donkeys. And I was <laughs> down. Like, yeah. Well, where where are we? Yep. Mike was just absolutely hooked. Like I was. <laughs> edge of his seat. Like, where is this going? <laughs> yeah. Well, I have it now permanently in my calendar set to yearly to remind me yearly. So I will make Thank sure goodness. to bring it up. Yeah. Can't miss this holiest feast day. I know. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, um, Mike, our guest. Uh, mm-hmm. What have you been doing on this Feast of the Ass Day and the rest of your week? Anything fun or entertaining? Well, yeah, I, I came prepared this time, much more prepared. So uh, I have a bone to pick with bows um, because I bought uh, a set of, or was gifted rather, a set of the uh, QC earbuds, uh, Quiet okay. Comfort earbuds. Mm-hmm. And the left one, so I, I took them out of the box. I'm super excited to get these awesome noise canceling earbuds they worked great for an hour i put them back into their case after doing the proper unboxing and then the left one would never be recognized ever again so Mm. that's a bummer so Mm. bose was amazing i sent them back got a new one about a month and a half later wow same exact thing happened i put them in an hour and I can't find anything on their website about helping me with this. So I finally went off to Amazon. Turns out there's a bunch of one-star reviews inside of it. Now, overall, mm. there's it's like almost five stars out of 14,000, but all the one-stars are this exact problem. Mm. So super disappointed because they, they seemed like a really great product. Um, we'll see what happens with that. What are the chances? That's... Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was doing something wrong, and I still might be, you know, um, my ego is still aware that it could be my fault here. <laughs> the user, yeah, okay, yeah. Could be, but Possible. it's a very consistent experience. So we'll, we'll see what happens to that. Let me just say, um, as a hot take, yeah. um, don't buy anything Bose ever, right? Just, I'm, on, uh, I'm on it with I you. I mean, all right. Just, Sounds uh, like Sony has a competitive thing. So They do. I have that. them. They're great. Yes. Great. I'm going that route, John. All right. Um, <laughs> The other thing that I did was pretty cool. And I don't know how you guys feel about YouTube, other YouTube creator shout outs. I don't know this person or anything like that. Yeah, do it to it. All right. Unrelent Gaming. Mm-hmm. So okay. Unreal Ent Gaming. I never thought I would do this before, but there was a seven and a half hour long YouTube video. And it was the entire Dragon Ball Super Moro arc. So not the most current one, the one just before it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all the manga, and he had all the pages, and he narrated the entire thing. And Ooh, I actually spent seven and a half hours of it. Wow! So I'm all caught up on that. It was amazing. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So, firstly, I wonder if that's legal. No. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not sure, <laughs> but I, you know, that uh, you're adding, you know, you're adding uh, commentary. I guess you're not really though, because you're. I mean, you're expressing it. You're acting it. He narrated it and threw in a little bit of commentary as they were going along, okay. talking about okay. why things were important and why it was impressive and exciting. Do you do voices? Barely. Okay. Just right. barely. Just but, expressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was it was fantastic. I mean, it, it was literally the entire, all of the chapters all the way through I don't know, 66, I think was the final one. Something. Who, what's the name? Who's the YouTuber? 
again? Uh, well, now I'm worried I'm going to get him in trouble, John. <laughs> <laughs> you know, our millions of followers will immediately flag turn him this. in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Unreal Ent ENT Gaming. Oh, okay. I see you there. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's, he's got uh, 985,000 subscribers. So there you go. There you go. Just ruin a man's life. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was very, very cool. So awesome. that's, that's the thing. Yeah. Cool. All right. Andrea, how's your week been? Um, well, much like your story about Feast of the Ass, it has been up and down. It's been a real roller coaster. Yeah. Um, I started off with some really great news um, that I was getting a promotion at work, which Sweet. I'm pretty, I'm pretty Congrats. excited about. Thank you. Thank you. Um, my, my midweek kind of took a tumble in the fact that Everett is teething pretty hard. Um, so there's, there's a lot of fussy, a lot of late night wake ups. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is not her fault. Right. You know, I do yep. feel bad. It's, you know, it obviously isn't fun to have like teeth sprouting literally and poking through your gums. But, um, you know, I have empathy, but also empathy for me because it's not fun <laughs> for me either. <laughs> um, yep. so yeah, so, so that was kind of a little dip. So I've, I've not been as much, um, in the, uh, in the entertainment world, but I did, you know, kind of managed to watch a few things this past week and kind of bringing my week back up was the return of BattleBots, ah, which wow. I haven't watched in such a long time. And I didn't know Chris was like a huge fan of BattleBots. And he was just like, no, I love it. Like, let's do this. So we watched like four hours of BattleBots, just like, you know, bots where, just where? like okay. just destroying each other. Uh, the Discovery Channel, literally, as as funnily enough, we were just talking about the Discovery Channel. Yeah, it's back. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. That's yeah. great. So check it out. Um, there, there are a couple of returning favorites and uh, a couple teams who have kind of had some branch offs and guys who have some new bots that are entering the arena. Um, so that was really fun. Just like sitting down, grabbing a drink watching battle bots for like four hours. It was just like excellent. Does, so last time I saw it, I don't remember when it, it was a newer variation, but yep. my issue is always like most things I have difficulty sitting through the arduously long backstory of the teams and stuff. Does oh, this sure, sure, pretty sure. quick or it was quick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was definitely like backstory, especially with like, but I think it's, like, entertaining. Like, last season, you know, we saw X and Z, and, like, we saw the crushing defeats of, you know, you didn't really have to set it up a whole bunch, but you you could, like, pair a little bit of narration with video clips and, like, you know, yeah. who doesn't like to watch, like, a bot destroying another bot while you talk about, you know, the team. Mm. It's much more entertaining that way. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so that was really fun. People got really into it and, like, were dressing up in costume to, like, match their bot, you know, and clearly like had made improvements on costumes from one season to another. So yeah, I, I just thought like all around, it was just like the good, ultimate good like fun. expression of nerdiness. Absolutely. You like match your bot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, do you remember like con and Renfest meets, you know, technology? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Do you guys remember they did a, I don't know what channel was on, but they, 
it's like they piloted a Gundam type battle thing. Yeah. It was between nations what? or something, you know. Yeah. So it was America versus Japan was the first thing. I and do they had remember these that. Large, you know, they'd move slow and they would shoot like foam balls or something, you know. But they were big. Right. Like, what people like would nerf. be in the cockpits? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I do remember. God. I don't think it kept going, but no. I don't think they How like does that not keep going. Right? I don't think they really like advertised and hooked people well. Do you know mm. what I mean? It just sort of like came out of nowhere. You know, maybe it happens and it's just not like a big show here or something because Yeah. You know, be. the the mechanized bot with the pilot inside is just not the cultural thing here as it is mm -hmm. in other places. You know, yeah, we have to have another singing show that makes you want to poke your eyes out. <laughs> yeah. Shove a fork in your ear. God. Yeah. Hey, Seriously. singer has a peg leg and they've been divorced 16 times and their mother's also dying of cancer. So you should vote for me. That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I'm, I'm totally on the, uh, the head throwback eye roll bandwagon when it comes to another music show. I, I mean, they're, they're mm -hmm. fun to a point, but I, I, particularly don't get this like new variant i think it's called like alter ego and people just watch like a like a literal um digital creation a digital person instead of the actual oh. person and they're doing like motion capture so so it's like right. their moves but you're watching a digital person i don't get yeah. that it's like, like uh, Hakune Mitsu, or I remember her name exactly, but she's like the pop. They create essentially a digital bot avatar. Yeah. But, it, it, but that, it's like synthesized voice, you know? Um, but yeah. It just drives me like bonkers. Like, why can we not see people while they perform anymore? Well, you need a gimmick, Andrea. <laughs> you gotta have no. a gimmick. No. We, we sound like, we sound like uh, boomers right now. Yeah, we don't I don't think we do because boomers are the ones watching this stuff. <laughs> no one that's younger than a boomer is tuning in to anything on primetime television. Poor, poor boomers. Their their time is so split between music shows and, and this 12th NCIS yeah. city. Exactly. <laughs> oh, they just have no time to do anything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they have time to they have time to go on Twitter and and chastise people for spending all their time playing video games while they go back and spend all that. Well, they watch um, it while well, they watch an avatar of a person. Yeah. Singing. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Um, not to not to lead us too far astray, but uh, for anybody, no, for anybody who is excited like me, BattleBots is back and cool. it's good, good fun. Um, speaking of good, good fun, I closed out the sixth season of Queer Eye. I'm not ashamed. I love it so much. Um, another, like, an, another, like, up after a rough week. Um, like, just, you know, I just, I are love those, to, like, feel good stories. And then, of course, the there was one guys? about. Yeah. Okay. It, no, it's not the original from, like, years and years ago. Oh, okay. Okay. But they're, like, the original from, like, when they rebooted it six seasons ago. Okay. So everybody's stayed on, like nobody's been replaced, but mm -hmm. yeah, there was, there was one about, um, a woman who runs like an animal shelter. And of course, like I just spent the whole episode, like bawling my eyes out, looking at, you know, animals who are like given a second chance and, you know, all of, all of that kind of like adorable things. 
this is that not the mean. show I am thinking of. No, so is it's it so not queer eye for the straight guy. Yeah, so that was the original premise, and now they they just call it queer eye because they don't just make over like hot messes who are straight men. They make over just uh, kind of like people who are just in general hot messes. Um, okay, and gotcha. yeah, so in this particular case, they were helping this woman who like is so devoted to this like running this shelter. She clearly hasn't taken care of herself in like a really long time. And she's like, you know, just like taking care of all the animals. She's like, I don't really care what I wear. You know, I don't brush my teeth. I don't brush my hair. Like I just get up and like go start taking care of the animals. Um, so yeah. So they just kind of like, like, you know, it's actually kind of a good thing if you take care of yourself. Cause then you can be around longer to take care of these animals. But I'd yeah, love was- to see a follow-up of that in six months. I bet she's back to this. I right, I know, I know. It'd be it'd be so good if they could like follow because they do like a follow up. I think like a month later, but okay. yeah, it'd okay. be good to like give it some more time to yeah. be like. So did you really? Yeah, that's still so. cool that they do a follow up. They yeah, it's fun. Um, they did. It was really interesting. The very first episode, um, they just started filming and then COVID hit. So they had to stop filming the episode, but they went back and finished, you know, like a year later when it was, you know, okay to kind of move around and travel and meet people again. Um, Places weren't in lockdown. And so it was really like following up an entire year later. And that was actually really cool. Um, they they had like they like brush their teeth and did their hair and had a nice top, but their <laughs> bottom and their shoes. The, were yeah, just right. We didn't get very to that clever part camera yet. work. Yeah, it's like we needed to work on those uh, those slacks and your know, shoes are not on point. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. It was fun, and then yeah, I've obviously of course finished up The Witcher season two part two. Thanks y'all for waiting to talk about it with me. Um, and then I started reading Cross War- Crossroads of Twilight, which is the next book in the Wheel of Time series. Oh, okay. So, I'm making. I thought progress. that was like a, a fan spinoff of Twilight. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's some sort I of. I mean, like... supernatural. <laughs> I said what I said. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's Crossroads what it is. Demon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was. Yep. Yeah, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, let's make it happen. Um, I've been, I'll, I've been basically consuming almost all Japanese stuff again this week. Mm-hmm. Um, other than you I did that. watch the latest Boba Fett today. Nice. And Mike, are you watching this show at all? I haven't. I have not yet. Is it worth checking okay. out? I think I want to just be done with Star Wars. I think I just want to stop trying. You know, I just think that, I mean, it's, it's not like with Marvel, most of them are fun to watch. They're at least Mm -hmm. fun to watch. Um, the star Wars at this point is just like just a pain. I, I've watched the first two episodes kind of give it a chance. I thought they were, they were fine. I saw some, some issues, but it's like, oh, it's early. I don't know where this is going to go. And episode three is just a train wreck. It's just it's embarrassing uh, um i don't i don't know what happened um so if it's a one off thing where this is so terrible i don't know but i just mm-hmm. think that um to me boba fett is very analogous to the man with no name in the westerns clint eastwood or a wolverine character 
they're these kind of more silent, mysterious, gray characters often or whatever. Um, and they're just making Boba Fett um, not that. This lose, I mean, obviously you explain stuff, you lose the mystique, but you're not even seeing him be cool. <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty disheartening in this latest. I, I, there's so many things I want to say, but I'm not going to give away any spoilers. So um, it's just, I heard going into this one that it was pretty bad. I was like, well, maybe it's not that bad because some people complain about the first, the first one too. But it was bad. It was really bad. Mm -hmm. So from, from if I'm hearing you correctly, it's it's the writing, not necessarily the the directing or visuals. It's it's the writing of the character. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it's it's. I think I honestly think it's probably the premise. Like you probably shouldn't sure. have done a television series, fleshing out and explaining Boba Fett, leaving that mystique there. I mean, Boba Fett grew to the fame he did in the Star Wars lore because you barely saw him. He was right. this mysterious, deep-voiced, cool bounty hunter guy that clearly had this history with Han Solo, and he's like working for the underground and all kinds of stuff that you can imagine. And now they're just turning him into this kind of hero figure. Um, and it's just, it's, it's a really tough job to explain a character like this. I've probably said on the podcast before, like when you explain mm -hmm. Wolverine's backstory, that's a tough thing to do. And I think they did a pretty good job, you know, when he loses that mystique, but they're not doing it well here. It's not working mm -hmm. out. So, okay. That's unfortunate. Yep. Just put a, I just, you know, all my fond memories of star Wars. And I think, I think we're good there. I think there's <laughs> enough other stuff. Sometimes there's uh, nothing wrong with leaving the rose tinted glasses on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Um, otherwise, I've been reading a lot of manga. I brought a little show and tell. Yeah. I've got uh, a Kamega Kill Zero. Yeah. I'm on, yeah. I'm on volume eight um, of, of 10, I believe. And I recently found out that there, so this Kamega Kill Zero is a prequel to a Kamega Kill. There is now, mm -hmm. there's also a sequel to a Kame Got Kill mm. in manga form. So I'm oh, planning fun. to finish reading this, then watch the anime of a Kame Got Kill again, and then oh, okay. read the manga, uh, the sequel manga. So that's my plan there. You threw Does me the for a second. What's that, Mike? Does the anime stick pretty close to the manga? I don't know, because I have not read the, the manga of, of the anime. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I I'll probably look some of that up to see if it changes much, but I really enjoyed watching the anime originally. And Same. that is the way you're supposed to consume it. I believe is watch or read playing a comic, kill and then go to a comic cause kill zero for depth and backstory and how you got there. And then the now sequel series. Okay. So, um, and then my romance books sweat and soap <laughs> sweat and soap um i am Love on it. volume four of i think 11 i now one is on order yet but everything else i have now i have okay. the set so i'm gonna i what was gonna wait but it's like no nah, this has been consistent i want to read this through now so it's just really good you know this is a I, I feel like you should give this to a person like uh you know if i knew a youth that was like just moving out of the house 
you know, they're getting going to college or something like that, or they get entering the workforce and stuff, or, you know, mid twenties, I give them this series. It's just like a thing to relate to and sure. learn from. And it's good. So. <laughs> a youth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go watch NCIS. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'll, uh, I won't call everything else. I'll just say, uh, I started Maguchan at the request of my brother-in-law and okay. it's a funny, silly manga. It's in Shonen Jump right now. Shonen Jump is only like $2 a month for anyone like wanting to read a bunch of manga. Yeah. If they're into that kind of those sorts of genres. And, um, it's really funny. It's about this God of destruction that used to be worshiped and the humans eventually like imprisoned him. And then he escapes uh, due to this this young girl, and the containment that he was in reduced him to this basically little like octopus. He's like a cute little octopus. So he's at, you know calls every lowly humans, and you should be worshiping me. And but he's this kind of meek thing that gets in, like almost gets sucked in the vacuum cleaner and all this stuff. <laughs> so it's silly and fun, and uh, it's been just a really lighthearted thing to to read. So. Cute. Like an yeah. entire thing all around Stewie from Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, less um, dark, I guess. I mean, Stewie can be pretty dark in a way. Um, yeah, it's pretty silly, sure. but yeah. So that's been my week. Um, sounds like you guys consume some fun stuff. We got just a few news stories that I thought maybe were pertinent or uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, Marvel's Echo show. Um, Mike, how invested slash caught up or anything are you in the Marvel television shows on Disney Plus? I have seen them all, and suddenly I have no clue what you're talking about somehow. Okay. So in uh, without spoilers in um in Hawkeye there's a woman that her I don't know code name is Echo yep. and right. um they yeah and they announced uh, a while ago um a, like upcoming shows and one of the title screens was for an Echo show so mm -hmm. she's getting her own show and okay. um so she has a, a history in the comics. I've liked what I've read of her in the comics. And she is, they're bringing on the Daredevil season three writers to work on this Echo show. So for okay. me, loving the Netflix Daredevil series, mm -hmm. um, I think this is probably a good sign uh, that we're getting that team involved with the show. Sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll I'll be perfectly honest. I would never have ever thought that that character was going to get its, her own show. I would have thought that that was going to be a character for that season of Hawkeye, and that's it. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, if I can see where they'd go with a bit of a story there, um, and if you've got good people writing, directing, and she's a fine actress, then cool. I mean, I'm intrigued. I have no tie to the character. Or no interest mm -hmm. thus far, but then again, I didn't with Iron Man either until yep. RDK stepped in. So true. Yep. Yep. Um, 
Andrew, have you made it all the way through the Daredevil on Netflix? I don't remember. I know you were kind. Of, you were, you know, you would know. I know you couldn't have because you would because you were going in order to all the different yep. Netflix shows. Yeah. Yep. I've, I'm through season two though. Okay. Yep. But yeah, I'm, I had to take a pause to like get some other stuff going. Yeah. Okay. Well, sticking to the Marvel news yet, uh, mm-hmm. Eternals, um, the like recent hotly debated film uh is now available on disney plus to stream Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so in a way uh for marvel movies the um tradition have been pretty pretty unanimous unanimously supported um by at least wider audiences eternals was is like we're really unsure of you know we're in this time of uncertainty with what our new gauges for performance Um, so, you know, the messaging is unclear, you know, but it is clear that there's some people that are pretty big detractors of this. Some people pretty happy about it. It didn't make critics super happy Mm -hmm. box office. I don't know the latest numbers, but I think it was looking really bad and kind of picked up a little bit. So Mm -hmm. it would be interesting to see what it does streaming side now. Yeah, yeah, I never quite made it to theaters to see Eternals, so I am I am definitely planning to watch it on Disney Plus. Um, yeah, I mean I'm I'm excited about it. Like I I had planned on going to see it, and then just kind of you know never quite made it around because of certain you know life events or whatever. But yeah, I'm excited to see it. Did you make it to that one, Mike? <clears throat> I did. Yeah, we saw that one in the theater. Uh, I was mm-hmm. the absolutely horrible parent who brought his six-year-old to it because I'm like, hey, superheroes and monsters. Great. Um, Not horrible. I figured Marvel's relatively tame. I mean, there's a lot of violence, but, you know. My dad had me watching Alien by the time I was six years old. So, I mean, context. Cheers to your dad. <laughs> Cheers to your dad. Um <laughs> So yeah, we brought him there, and now uh, he's had it on twice the last two nights. Uh, okay. After dinner, so he gets a little bit of TV time uh, between dinner and bed before he has to go read books, and he's chosen the Eternals both times. So okay, all right. So kid approved. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, big scary monsters getting beat the crap out by superheroes. He's all in. All right. Nice. How about you? Spoiler free, like what? Just like a thumbs up, thumbs down, like, like do you have like a spoiler free sentence? You know, kind of your feelings about it. Yeah, yeah, you, me or John? Yep, yep, you. Yeah, because John, is, you, you yeah. haven't seen it either. Seen yeah, that's oh, right. Oh, okay. Um, story wise, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. Overall, spoiler free, I'm meh. Mm-hmm. I could take it or leave it. Okay. Okay. Any never, any never needed to happen. Like, be okay if it did. Okay. okay. Any performances or characters kind of stand out to you? No. I'm just curious. We had a we had a guest on <laughs> a, a little while ago um who who actually really really liked it and was kind of like strong in his pushback about, you know, pushback yeah. on a lot of the critiques. So I'm just curious, you know, if there were sure. any performances or characters that you know you enjoyed or or didn't nothing there's that a really lot of big names in there out. there are yeah um but i they it wasn't terrible acting by any okay. means um 
that just there wasn't anything that really blew my mind from it either. Sure. And part of that, I think, is for the story. There wasn't a ton to work with. Uh, sure. You have to take a lot at face value in order for the mm -hmm. story to even make sense. You don't get a lot of time to develop with the characters. So you're just kind of told these are relationships that exist. Now mm -hmm. buy it or don't. So that's yeah. that's how I feel. Okay. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, it's been very... So uh, the person you're referring to, of course, is Pete. And mm -hmm. uh, it's been very interesting getting his opinion on stuff because there's plenty of things that Pete and I both like. But man, when it comes to Marvel, we've been like complete opposite constantly. Mm -hmm. Like That's he cool. really liked um, Black Widow and I think Falcon and Winter Soldier and Eternals. And I, you know, Black Widow was very mad to me, very disappointing at points. Eternals was not interesting enough to get me to go to the theater for it. Mm -hmm. Falcon Winter Soldier I was not a fan of and then Shang-Chi the one I did like yeah. he's like nah that's not very good <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah it's it's just an interesting it's just an interesting time I feel like everybody could kind of get together and previously like yeah Iron Man that was great you know or the, yeah. the new Thor that was a lot of fun you know or something like that and then it's just now it's like really well polarizing yeah. yeah we're we're at a point where Marvel has this uh, characterization that they're just following the Marvel formula. And mm -hmm. Eternals really doesn't do that, to be honest. Sure. It, mm -hmm. it does not follow that same formula, although there's there's one part of it where you're kind of like, ah, they fell into it. And, and all I'll say is, you know, Iron Man always has to fight another Iron Man, right? Spider-Man sure. fights another version of Spider-Man. And so that kind of thing can come up a, to a small degree. Sure. But, you know, kudos to him for trying something different um it so maybe maybe that's yeah. why he liked it quite a lot yeah, yeah i was I, I was actually gonna say that's really interesting that you bring that up because i know he had talked about the fact that this this movie didn't follow the marvel formula and that's why he felt like a lot of people unfairly didn't like it because they sure. like that like you know that that almost sense of security and comfort in, you know, this is what's going to happen. And, you know, it's going to be like a variation on a different character or a different superhero. Um, and Marvel didn't do that this time. And he was intrigued by it um, and thought people were a bit harsh because it didn't follow that formula. Sure. So, yeah, and, that's interesting. Andrea, did you end up um, seeing the latest Spider-Man? I haven't yet. No, we had okay. plans to go. Um, and then unfortunately they got interrupted. So I am, okay. I'm still planning on seeing it. Okay. Yeah. And Mike, I think we talked about that. You saw that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. Fun well, to talk about once you guys see it, I'll look forward mm -hmm. to watching that episode. Sure. Well, I mean, if you have lots of thoughts, you let us know. So, yes. <laughs> um, one more news story that, um, Wait. I don't know if I have a lot to say. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to interject just because we yeah. were just talking about things that came out on streaming services and this just like snuck up and I was like, this is available. Um, Peacemaker first three episodes on HBO max. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. super pumped about it. I like, I have no idea. I haven't started. I've watched like a second of it and I was like, no, I don't have time right now. And I really want to sit down and appreciate this because okay. I loved, I loved everything John Cena did with Peacemaker. 
in the Suicide Squad. So just as a plug, that is now out on HBO Max. If you were not expecting it and you were taken aback as I was, it's there. I am excited to see that. And I am excited to see John be mad about it. (laughs) It's another villain that they're trying to make you like. See, well, they they already succeeded in making me like him. There you go. Without him being a hero, so I hope I hope they don't take it that way. Like I he can so just too. be be what he is, and I'll still like him. <laughs> See, but the ridiculousness of the the Suicide Squad made that all work. Made mm-hmm. you enjoy watching, you know, a group of villains that have heart, but still that that right. it's so over the top. It's so insane. Um, it works, you know. I, I it's so if they follow I mean, that kind of formula, Gun is involved. Sure. So yeah, I was with, wondering with if the really? show. Yeah, um, oh, I know. Cool. I don't. I don't know how much he directed. I know he's done some, some of the show at least, and he did the opening because he just provided some commentary about how he never wants you to skip past the uh opening sequence like the title sequence mm. apparently it's like ridiculous and crazy and he wants you to like not ever like, gotta disable that feature uh yeah make hbo disable that feature for the show yeah yeah so i i know he's involved i just don't know how much so mm. i have hope i'm excited about it obviously well, who doesn't want to see eagerly again <laughs> <laughs> I had some free time open up now, you know, Star Wars is out of my life here. So I got a, a room for a, a Western show, one episode mm-hmm. a week kind of thing or something. Yeah. Yep. So just throwing it out there. First three episodes are out. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Marvel to, to DC mm-hmm. to take two. I feel like they maybe made a DC game here or there. Um, maybe I'm, maybe I'm remembering that incorrectly, but take two interactive, mm-hmm. um, just bought Zynga for the largest gaming acquisition in history. So the mm-hmm. other year, a couple years ago, Microsoft made a, a pretty big move and bought ZeniMax owns Bethesda for, I think 7 yep. billion. Yep. And uh, that kind of really shook things. This isn't going to shake the gaming industry because the gaming industry doesn't give a shit about Zynga, but people do, like millions of people do, uh, just out there. So it'll be interesting to see what if what this means for Zynga going forward, if Take-Two uses their properties and has Zynga make mobile mm-hmm. things for them, or what exactly. But... Any thoughts right. on this? Is this relate relative to to either of you, Zynga game fans or Take Two? Know the names uh, and know a couple games, but it doesn't necessarily, you know, shake up my world. Okay. Like this news alone, uh, unless there's you know kind of gaming news to go with it. You know what I mean? Yep. I yep. played Farmville in two thousand and five. I think. <laughs> Okay. It's the only place that I know the Zynga name for. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. I'm so I'm so glad Farmville invites aren't a thing anymore. My mom still rocks that. <laughs> <laughs> uh old school. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, uh, yeah, I mean, it shows you how impactful this mm -hmm. sector is. You know, if it's worth 12 yeah. billion, they're going to buy it for, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's well, just one of gonna, those. I, I'm curious what they're going to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's strange because Zynga is all about kind of gotcha games or whatever the microtransactions did they need to be bought? That's the strange thing to me. Mm -hmm. Like, why did they need the corporate overlords? Like, I would imagine they're doing just fine themselves. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. The type of yeah, security I mean, you're looking for. It's intriguing if this gets paired with, like I said, some sort of gaming, like actual game news. Dude. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, to me, it's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. If, yeah, if there's a, a technology that they own right. or some developer talent that they are looking to tap into or something else but you know do you think that'd just be easier to to poach than to just buy, buy. the whole thing yeah yeah so i don't know i mean take two is known for their sports games and grand mm -hmm. theft auto mm -hmm. you know that's really what that is you know and they own uh, i think private division as well which makes some other indies and they publish some different stuff uh but yeah it's it's crazy to think even that the company that really is just known for some sports games and grand theft auto has the cash to mm -hmm. drop 12 billion yeah. on this mobile gaming company it's crazy yeah i guess i'm i'm probably not educated enough to talk to this intelligently but i feel like sports games have a huge portion of the market like are super profitable so so i'm i'm googling right quick and like the 2k games uh from take two are mm -hmm. huge and have been for forever yeah. red men to redemption bioshock yeah. like those those are big and maybe I, i'm, I'm kind of wondering like are they trying to take these to a mobile platform as well mm -hmm. yeah they need that help nba 2k on mobile sounds crazy profitable frankly right yeah mm -hmm. um what else they like so and we're seeing a lot of other games do it um what is the 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 race car soccer game um, oh rocket league rocket league rocket, yeah. just did rocket league swipe right mm. um i've got that on my phone i gave it a try because i played rocket league for a while it's not for me but if you're really into it so mm -hmm. you know maybe maybe that's where they're trying to go with this yeah I mean, yeah. people are talking about, they've been asking, like, can we, for hardcore gamers, um, quote unquote, can you, can there be some way to incorporate mobile to get them involved in that gotcha kind of scheme? And um, because generally the, a lot of the microtransactions are rejected in, in core gaming type of, or traditional mm -hmm. kind of games. Um, stuff like you bring a Red Dead Redemption. Well, People have talked about like having a companion game or companion app that would let you do sort of menial tasks that you would maybe otherwise do in the game. So maybe you can, maybe you have an app that ties into your save file on your whatever system and you can like go through and have some conversations at, around a campfire and cook food and stuff and like chill things that then when you come back and sit down on the console, that save is updated those things did happen but now you can go and have your your gunfight or your whatever um mm -hmm. on on the big screen and mm -hmm. so other things to be able to talk about with that with um 
games that have mining or things where you grind a lot or whatever, where you can take care of some of those tasks in quick bursts on your phone when you're out and about. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, they incorporate that kind of thing. World of Warcraft has had that for quite a while now. Um, mm -hmm. So World of Warcraft has a companion app where you can, um, you know, run things for a while. It was like from the garrison or whatever. You know, whatever your central hub now is, you can send mm -hmm. your people out on missions to do that. And then when you come back, um, you know, you've got updated materials and or money or something along those lines. So right. that makes sense. And it sounds like a pretty good way to fight Nintendo, frankly, because that's, mm -hmm. you know, this mobile side of thing is what Nintendo has a corner on, right? So mm -hmm. why go about multiple game companies have tried to or, or platforms have tried to develop competing mobile platforms and haven't really beat it out right yeah so now you just don't even have to develop the hardware you just go mm -hmm. right into something that already exists and everybody already owns mm -hmm. yeah i mean there's no doubt that nintendo's switch is a dominant force in the traditional gaming space but it is in the traditional gaming space and obviously it's it's captured the attention of some other people that have not been in gaming for a while. Um, I can think of a couple people personally. Um, so it's great, but yes, everyone has a smartphone and it's shocking the number of people that do play some kind of game on there or whatever. And when I was helping my brother-in-law with robotics and the kids would be in between stuff, or whatever, they're always just playing on their phone. They're playing some stupid free game on their phone. It's like you have some, when I was a kid, okay, old time, Here old comes. time with guys. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I was a young, a when wee I was lad, a youth, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, kids obviously didn't have the smartphone, but you would bring your your Game Boy then. Some kids were crazy and had the Game Gear, whatever you know, and then you. Um, <laughs> And then eventually, like flip phones and people would play Snake or whatever, but still, people would then have the other device for a better experience. Mm -hmm. And eventually, that got to the, be the point where, yeah, I just, I just, the phone is good enough for this stuff. For I'm entertained enough by the phone. And so, right. um, yeah, Nintendo's system is portable, but just from my experience in the wider world, it seems like really a lot of the youths are content with playing the, <laughs> the thing on the flat slab of glass in front of them so mm -hmm. well and they're they're getting it at a younger and younger age right. right and you're i guess i don't quite understand the logic behind it because they're still crazy expensive to me but it seems that parents are willing to give their kids a phone uh, but then a 300 dollars nintendo switch is a bit much or they're worried right. that they're going to drop it. I've seen more kids with phones than I do switches. So yep, which seems See, I, nuts to me. I would be in the the spot where I would, I would get my kid at a pretty young age, a dumb phone for emergencies. Yeah, or that's or what it'd I was be say. a hand me down smartphone that's completely locked down. Yep. You know, it's just for emergencies because right. You know, hey, I'm ready to be picked up from this sport. You know. Like that that's the kind thing of about thing. a phone. Yeah. Where like you can't call me from a switch and say like I'm ready, practice is over, rehearsal is mean, over, whatever. If I'm ready. Nintendo to was up. in the modern age, <laughs> you could. But yes, you're right, right. You can't. So but yeah, I would totally do that. Buy the kid a switch, play some good old fashioned games, 
and then you have this dumb phone for emergencies. Right, a so, brick. Know, for a yeah. while. Yeah. That can mm-hmm. call. So, and and yeah, walk away cheaper than mm-hmm. this. Um. Okay, well, okay, I'm going to put that in there. Didn't know if we'd have mm-hmm. anything to say or not, but, you know, <laughs> it, it works in some way. Um, okay, we're going to get spoilery now. Uh, Witcher mm-hmm. Season 2 from Netflix. Once again, last week, if you didn't catch it, we covered Season 1, our general thoughts and how that went, and mm-hmm. our sort of background with The Witcher. And now, and then the first half of Season 2. Yes. So now we're going to be covering Episodes 5 through 8, second half um, of the show. We'll kind of try to, Andrea, you watched them most recently, so it should be most yes. fresh. I'm going to rely on you to kind of what happened in each here, and then uh, and then we can give our summations sure. at the end here. So, yeah, episode so five. I just, I just have to, like, right off the bat, Okay. y'all didn't prepare me emotionally for the biggest thing that happened all season. <laughs> Roach died. <laughs> and I was just like wrecked. I was like, <laughs> we like started up the episode and I was like, oh, Chris, like we got to get it going. Like I got to make sure to watch, you know, everything next week. And oh my God, like just like the feels, all the feels right away. I just couldn't even believe it. I'm also, I'm definitely, if you didn't catch this from me talking about, you know, the episode of Queer Eye. Uh, with the animal rescue in the intro. I'm also like an animal person. So like I will watch like war movies and be like, oh my God, look at them just like destroy the platoon. And then like the cavalry comes in and somebody attacks an animal and I'm like. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, and then I'll just be a wreck for the rest of whatever. So that was this. That was this for me, you know. Well, People that's have died in Witcher attachment. and I'm just like, whatever. And now, like, th- this moment right here was just my, like, break. That's our interesting detachment from reality that a two-dimensional screen creates. You know, that's what <laughs> the thing where people always like, oh, you know, you're playing violent video games, you're going to go kill someone. Or you're, you know, watching mm-hmm. this kind of content and it's going to affect you in a certain way. And it's like, yeah, but you do see things through a different lens. If you were there... And that platoon is getting gunned down. Right. Your reaction would be, be like, a little oh. different than the one dog <laughs> that that lost its life, you know. Um, right. Kind of thing. So we're able to have that, you know. And and uh, still, I I used to have a problem with that kind of reaction, Andrea. But it's like <laughs> I completely understand it now because it's just the innocence factor. It is. Yes. It is. Animals don't have. They they're not. My, we had that discussion about evil and good for a while or whatever, yeah. basically. And animals don't have that, uh, you know, that kind of capacity. They just are, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. So, well, you, and or so bad. And this, and this came right after, you know, Roach nudges Siri out of the way of this, like, flying, attacky, whatever. I don't, I don't know what this, this particular monster was called. Um, you know, we have a lot of other names floating around, others that have appeared this season. But yeah, right after Roach, you know, basically just like shoves Siri out of the way. And we get this, you know, this massive clawing 
that is obviously something that, you know, yeah. we, we can't heal and Roach can't come back from. And it was just like a whole emotional moment. It was awful. Yeah. So that was that that was something big for me to like open the second half of the season. So well well done on the on the writer's part for like, you know, opening the second half of the season, just tugging on the heartstrings. It's rough though too, because it's it is an animal. Roaches does have that innocence, but it's also he, he that is Geralt's best friend. Right. right. The world where we he had has so none. many Yes, we've had so many little moments where, you know, Geralt's talking to Roach or, you know, a little offhand comment, you know, a little pat here or there, a little like, I'm going to take care of you that clearly shows like a, you know, a bond because sometimes this is his only one. And yeah, it's rough. But then to throw a wrench into it, the reason all of his horses are called Roach is because they die. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that was something, you know, I had read prior. So, I mean... You know, there was there was obviously something, you know, to be said about I get that to an extent, like the horses expendable, but we haven't really seen multiple roaches yet yeah, in right. the TV Witcher, so of course it was yep. tough. So we do have I have thoughts on that. <laughs> okay. All right. We do um uh going back a little bit, we do have to say that we had the whole drama with um Siri wanting to be a witcher and going through yes. that like hey Vesemir dope me up let's get juiced you know mm-hmm. um and uh that I was wondering if they were really going to do it <laughs> like when the season were. started I'm like are they going to do this like are they just throwing it all out the window like what's yeah. happening you know and uh I'm surprised they didn't yeah I mean um I was a little surprised and I wonder how accurate it is. Um, I was a little surprised with Vesemir. I mean, I kind of understand his mm-hmm. anxiousness to, um, you know, like you say, they're, they're kind of making it a desperation thing for him. You know, we need more witchers sort of thing, but it did not seem like the uh, fatherly wizened thing yeah. that um, someone with his experience would jump to doing especially mm-hmm. knowing someone he's close to Geralt would have major problems with this. Yes. Yeah. I have been told that that is polar opposite for Vesemir's character. In fact, that's the only, that is the, the big, biggest inaccuracy to this point with his depiction. Actor apparently is on point. The casting is on point, but that is, I, I've been told that Vesemir does not want more witchers because of the the pain that it causes for the individual like this is it's not him wanting mm. to create more and have more brothers and have more you know sons or, or whatnot and have more witchers if you will this is mm-hmm. total opposite characterization he sees this more like a curse you know yeah mm. which which is you know feels more in line with even the animated movie they did with him mm. and um thinking in the game how much he cares for for Siri and right having having seen how many people don't survive the process you know mm-hmm. it's just not a thing and again the witchers at large and him for sure aren't the type that are we need to like be making some sacrifice for the greater good or for the world that 
at large. You know, it really is like this was the way of life. This is what I was handed. That's the way things go. And we make the best of it and we do what we do. Um, not like we need to have, we're on a crusade. We need to have an army of witchers because the world is, I mean, otherwise the world will be consumed by monsters. It's just not really their, their thought process there to my understanding. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Yeah, I, um, I didn't come to this, this scene knowing that background. Um, so, so my thoughts in, in, you know, seeing like Siri get ready to, to possibly become a witcher, um, uh, were one, I, I felt like I, and I, and I'd hoped, and I'm glad the writers didn't, um, make her a witcher before we kind of knew everything that was going on, you know, with, with her already, like she already had a lot of like, you know, um, importance in the fact that she has elder blood. What does that mean? Like, what is the chaos inside of her? Like what, you know? Yep. Where is this going? We can't introduce another new element. She can't be a witcher now too. And like before we understand what it means, you know, for for what is originally going on with her. Um, so I, I so I was really pretty confident that the, the writers weren't going to do that. And then glad when I was correct. Um, and yeah, I was I was a little disappointed in in Vesemir because you know it on the one hand he was like there he was kind of you know, ready to do it. But then he backed off and he was like, oh, you know, is this really what you want? And I thought we were going to get some like very fatherly speech about, you know, like this isn't just like something you do for fun and it's brutal. And, you know, I wouldn't wish this way of life on you. And maybe Siri is like trying to um, do it on her own somehow. And then yeah. he like flip flopped back and he's like, well, she made a choice. And I'm like, but did she really, did she really yeah. like, like informed, you know, think about this and like really you know kind of sit with it or was it just like she she said i know what i'm doing and you wanted to take it so badly you know you were just kind of like okay all right she knows she made a choice mm -hmm. so i was a little disappointed in that yeah yeah i don't know if it's like if they were trying to do a like a a consent thing or something it was it's kind of um i won't that's what i want to ruin the I can talk about without ruining the last of us part two, uh, spoiler free. Um, I'll just say there's a character in there that makes a pretty large choice for another character in a way. And that's like, um, and some people are seeing that as like taking away her autonomy, but it's mm -hmm. like, well, you're supposed to understand the, where both people are coming from in this or whatever. Sure. Um, but Siri is very young. She's not, you know, she's not really autonomous at this point. She's gaining autonomy as she grows up mm -hmm. and learns more and all this stuff or whatever. I don't, I don't know what her age is in this, but yeah, I, I thought it was, she it seems was, around like a, like a, if we're talking like human years, like maybe like a 14, something like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, you I'm know, sure the actress is older, but the character yeah, is right, younger, right. you know, like, it's, yeah, that's my best guess. Like around like 14, 15, like we're just kind of getting into like teenage ish, yeah. you know, years. And, and I don't know how old, you know, because she's got elder blood. I don't know if there's like different aging process or whatever, but yeah, just comparably that's where I would say she's at for like yep. measuring of a human. Yep. So yeah, someone that's again, wizened and experienced and pretty, uh, compassionate, generally speaking, I think, um, it seems weird to like embrace this rat clearly rash decision um, yeah. 
So, I mean, it's one thing that you got the blood to make it. Okay, that's right. a step. You like, you don't have to then immediately, like, Turn we're gonna start. Yeah. yeah, right. So yeah, well, and yeah, like, there's there's clearly so many warnings there of like, you know, this isn't exactly like it was before. Like, we don't know that this is like the exact same you know, yeah. potion that made the original witches. We don't exactly, you know, Triss is very like, we don't know exactly what this does. Like just because it's, it seems similar doesn't mean it's going to have the exact same effects. Um, yep. So yeah, it does seem very rash to not even just like test it somehow, you yeah. know. Well, and why Poison Testa. She... <laughs> yeah. why, why? Why her? I guess I never really entirely tracked on that. Did they explain why it had to be siri as the first one to try because like no Andrea, like oh, you no. said sh sh they've got her blood right it could be any other orphan child again you know, yeah it's been dropped off just like Geralt and all of the others so why would you take the person that has the source right of your ingredient <laughs> i yeah. was gonna say and, it seems very short-sighted because then you don't know how that would change you know her her blood um and, you know, therefore, like, stymie you from making witchers again. If that's, if that's really, you know, if we're accepting that, like, this is TV show Vesemir's goal, you mm -hmm. know, and that's, that's what he wants. Um, it seems that introducing, like, a new component to her, her makeup um, would therefore, like, change her, possibly change her elder blood. You don't know. Right. And therefore, like, you've cut yourself off from making witchers again. So it's very, like, short-sighted. Right? Yeah. And yep. as we'll get to later, have you seen the Witchers? Do you want to be one of them? I don't know. Um, well, do you and as sterile? we'll get to later, have <laughs> you have you seen what happens to the person who does take this potion? And do you want to be like that? Yeah, because it's yeah. not pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, so you've mentioned Triss. So we had the little, mm -hmm. uh, as you mentioned in your comments, the uh, kind of walk down memory lane, um, little experiment, the uh, mind trick, whatever mm -hmm. that she did, um, which was, which was pretty interesting. And I like your comment here about her sort of freak out. Yeah. I think that was, uh, it was odd. Um, again, the adult in the room, uh, making the poor decision you know, yeah. or the overreaction. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I understand her being very freaked out that, you know, her magic didn't work exactly the way it normally does. You know, it's always unsettling um, when you're like, okay, you know, normally we can take when a your walk spell into the goes past. Awry. Yeah. Normally, yeah. Norm yeah. <laughs> I hate that. Ugh, the worst. Um, so yeah, so normally, you know, she's like, we take a walk through the past. We can't really interact with the characters that we're seeing. Um, but somehow it does happen this way. And then one of them actually reaches out and like chokes her. Totally understand that, you know, freaking you out. Um, but she just like goes like so over the top with like, you know, the things I've seen and I now know what she is. And, you know, she like sort of takes that that knowledge you know that she's just learned and takes it out on siri and makes her feel terrible um and like you know further yeah um furthers this notion in her mind that she's so different and horrible and destined to do like tragically awful things yeah right yep. and you know just like kind of the idea of 
you know, if you're the adult in the room, you know, slash, you know, being the parent in the room, you can't really do that. You don't have the luxury mm-hmm. of just giving into that blind panic. You the have ship to hold... is going down. Yeah. Guys, kids, the ship, <laughs> we're all going to die. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. You push them out of the way to get in the life raft. <laughs> Make room. Right. That's why you got Yennefer for Mother of the Year. Oh. Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, yeah, so I, I didn't really love Tris here. Um, she does seem so pulled together so much, and then she just kind of like loses it, and yeah, just sort of like furthers this whole narrative for Siri that she's doomed to bring trouble to everyone. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, Mike, you mentioned uh, Yennefer, so the rest of the episode we're talking uh, about Yennefer and uh Yaskier or Dandelion is being tortured. Um, oh, I'm not clapping for the torture. Oh, okay. I was clapping for them. <laughs> oh, I was so excited and then you were like torture. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah. going to backpedal that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have exactly. I'm I'm a very interesting person on the one hand, you know, you attack a horse and I cry, on the other hand, torture and I've got, you know, all day. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh so uh, we've got the oh go ahead. Yeah. No, continue. We got the one trick pony with the fire fingers. Um I think I don't know, Andrew had some other nickname for the person. I don't remember what it was exactly, but oh, yeah. uh, well they they call him Yeah, you're just making me say it now. I've already, I've already popped the cherry, so let's just like continue on. They call him a firefucker. So which is just like excellent. Even yeah, mild mannered Triss when she's talking about him, she calls him that. So my see, that's the problem. You just called Triss mild mannered. That's the impression the show gives you. Yes. That's I mean, the wrong I mean, impression. She's got That's she's got problem. some moments, but yeah, on the on the, the whole, player. she seems very like yeah pulled together. Yeah. So well, yeah, together, but mild mannered. And you're yeah. right. That's the way the show represents Tris. Mm-hmm. So well, they're, um, cre- they're taking a lot of creative license with a lot of characters in this direction. We just talked about Vesemir being you know motivated right. in a hundred percent, hundred eighty degree different direction. So mm-hmm. yep. Um, I thought Yennefer in that scene with Rience or Firefucker was <laughs> was pretty cool. I like seeing her rely on her guile, uh, mm-hmm. her, her wit. You yes. know, it's nice to see that she doesn't just collapse into a puddle because old Yennefer, like old old Yennefer, right? Yennefer, yep, yep, would have. Right. So you can see that her growth throughout this has not just been based on her access to power. She has a combination. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I dig well, she's, that. She's got wits, you know. Um, I I really dug this episode. I know that we had talked a lot about, you know, in the first half of the season, there was a lot of character regression. And I felt like she took a bit of a recovery step here. Um it didn't last for me, you know, the, the whole rest of the season, unfortunately. But this this episode here was very strong for her, both in the fact that, like, she isn't a hypocrite. You know, she got off the boat, um, off, you know, off the boat to safety. Um, yeah. And stayed stayed back to find Yaskier. So I was like, 
go you because you just tore that elf a new one for abandoning yeah. his friend. Good for you for not doing the same. You know, she she finds someone who she thinks, you know, can go find information about it, about, you know, what happened to, to Yaskier, about the incident at the docks. Um, you know, she finds him, is able to get him out, um, is is very, like, clever in the way she goes a lot about about a lot of different things in this episode. So it was nice to see her kind of like improving, um, being courageous, being steadfast and loyal, not totally like changing her character and being nice to Askier all the time. Their banter was just like so excellent. That was some fun bit of writing. I think the actors clearly have like a great rapport with each other. Um, so yeah, so overall a strong episode I thought for her. Nice. Yeah. Yep. I agree. It's good to see Yen be nice for once. Also, um, that burn was sick. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, like words and actual fire. Just girl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean she yeah, she really was. She was quick on her feet. Waiting for one of us to say sick burn. I mean, I don't know. Mike's the dad. I I, I don't know. He's <laughs> got to make that. Yeah. <laughs> It's so. okay. We all got a little daddy in us. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, then we get to uh, episode six where we're talking about the uh, poor, poor Roach um, meeting his end and that's new. Um, I was a little, uh, I thought it was a little strange how I was like, where did Geralt come from when he kind of came flying out to mm -hmm. defeat the beast? I thought it was a yeah. little, a little strange looking or whatever. But mm -hmm. um, otherwise, yeah, some emotional. It's yeah, there. this se this season, um, this part of the season had a little bit of of Game of Thrones quality, where people popped up in places where you're like, so it's like a minute's travel then from place to place, and you can just like be yeah wherever you want to be, even without like portals. Yeah, cool. Um, this wasn't like quite, I think, because we we haven't really got a sense as clear of where things are in this world. Mm -hmm. Do you know what right. I mean? Like where everything is in relation to each other. We know there are different nations, but they seem almost from the beginning of the show. They've all seemed like really close together. So it isn't yeah. quite as like you have to travel huge expanses. But still, there were moments where I was like, all right, like. Suddenly we're in Sintra. Suddenly we're like just popping up at Kaer Morin. Like, cool. I guess everything's yeah. right there. <laughs> just a horse horseback ride away. No big deal. Yeah. Right. No, I, I think I think it is an overlooked element. I don't know if it's just the generation that's just used to working from home and then you can hit order on something and it shows up your door in two hours, you know, it's like, can oh, I order Gerald's? Is that, yeah, is that a thing? I mean, <laughs> show up on my doorstep two hours later, the shipping charge for that, you know, it's probably pretty big, pretty high, obviously worth um, it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, I think it's a, I think it is an issue. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's, yeah anywhere you're going horseback and buggy like it's a it's a trek and um not an easy ride so mm -hmm. it, it would be something that would i mean isn't that supposed to be part of the great benefit of these television shows now 
that aren't on television. They're on a streaming service. You don't, mm -hmm. the episodes can be a variety of length. It can be a 38 minute episode. It can yep. be a 55 minute episode. It can be an hour and 15, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, yeah. And it can be depending on, you know, what budget you can secure eight episodes, 10 episodes, 12 episodes. So do you have to, you know, fast travel everywhere? You know, mm -hmm. you yep. have to pretend this is the video game when you fast travel because you do. that's the issue with the movie. You know, in the movie, you have you have to condense it. Here right. you have no, the you freedom. Do. You you do have to do it though, because uh, your audience dictates that you have to do it. Your audience has been conditioned by video games, by movies, um, and I mean, all you have to do is look to the Mandalorian, right? The Mandalorian is a very very well liked, well loved show. But one of the things about it was that people would be like, well, this this particular episode just seemed like a side quest. You know, it didn't advance the story. You hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to show the distance, you know, on horseback, you're going to have some of those episodes that feel like side quests. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, people just if it's not driving the story forward, maybe it's part of binge culture. I don't know. Sure. But if it's not driving the story forward, people are like, why am I watching this? Why did I sit through 45 minutes of that? It, right. it could be important. But that's why shows that are are have a lot of like depth to them we're not just watching one set of characters we're not watching mm -hmm. one traveling group you know it's a big complaint about lord of the rings all he's doing is walking well there's a lot of other group mm. yes frodo and sam and Gollum are doing a lot of walking but there's other things going on debates happening battles taking place you know chases whatever to occupy time with so you mm -hmm. can have an episode where the story that's being progressed is someone else's story. You mm -hmm. know, it's it's someone else that's central to what's happening in the world that isn't our main protagonist or two or whatever. Mm -hmm. But you, know? you still run into the same problem of. So then you snap back, right? So we split off and we tell this story of this other group and then you snap back. And unless you're like three days later. Right. People are still going to be like, what do you mean? They just left, you know, and mm -hmm. then you told the story and now they're here already. Like, that doesn't make sense. The time doesn't quite work unless you go through it. And you're, it, I'm not saying you can't do it in a story to be effective. What I'm saying mm -hmm. is that if the audience doesn't want it, you can't mm -hmm. tell that story well. And so it's that audience's perception, right, that that they're trying to tread the line. That's why I say you can't do it well anymore because mm -hmm. people aren't willing to watch it. Yeah, I I would push back in like the tiniest sense in, in so far as to say like I think shows can do it when they've had a lot of seasons. Um like when when I'm thinking about my own experience recently watching like Supernatural for for ex example, they they're now so deep into like the later seasons where it's like big huge story arcs all season long that the audience almost feels like a side quest episode is really nice because sometimes you need like a break from the ever like relentless driving forward of this big long narrative arc. And you just kind of want like a problem that's solved in an episode and it doesn't have anything to do with the larger story. And it's just like a fun, like, Ooh, okay. We can all just like take a beat and have some fun. And then, okay, we're getting back to our like crazy storyline. Whereas like, this is only the second season of Witcher you can't really have a break from the major storyline yet because we haven't we haven't like 
done those like big arcs like for a very long time where people are like feeling almost like the arc is a grind. So that that would be my only like pushback on people do like side side questy things, but they like them way later on when, you know, we've done a lot of like exploring of big important storylines, I think. I think with the I think with the right writing but it, ha- it has to be planned this way, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yes, you can't just ha- skip to, okay, this episode, we're talking about this, and then the next episode, you're back to where the previous one left off and just they're at a new spot now. Because right. you have to make it feel like it was arduous. I, it's a complaint I had with Wheel of Time when they're in the, you know, I won't spoil anything, but they're in all the rat's nest of stuff. Yep. It's like... We're just, uh, I'm like, to me, oh, they're setting off like on a Frodo kind of journey. This is the quest now. We're going to be going through this for Mm -hmm. months. They're traveling and they're trying to survive and they're going through the the tricks and the traps and the poisons and everything. And they're just like, we're through it. It's done. When when I, when Geralt moves from Kaer Morin to Sintra, and it feels fast, like he's traveled a shorter distance than they did in the movie Jurassic Park. And in the Jurassic mm-hmm. Park, they stayed on one island. <laughs> There's a problem. When they like right. in Jurassic Park, they literally just went on a track around an island, and it feels like it was a long journey, you know, like because they went through so much. The the physical changes in the characters, you know, from the beginning, they're fine to the end, like you frizzed hair and like torn clothes and all this stuff. You know, they've been through the ringer. <laughs> Right, right. Geralt's like, we're on the horse, we're galloping, and then we're there. Yeah. I just, I think it's well, lazy. No. I think people can, I think people can put up with it if it's written well. I think they're being lazy. Hey, Yennefer made a comment that they can't continue running these horses so much or they're going to die. Oh, well, there she it is. said that. There it and is. then, and then 20 seconds later, they were sprinting on the horses again. Yeah. yeah. But still. <laughs> <laughs> but still. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I. I mean, I just don't want to have to get used to the like these kind of things, you know, like because yeah. game right Game of Thrones really put it to the forefront. Like, okay, this is getting nuts, and um, yeah, we, you know, just because Game of Thrones did it and got away with it, I guess, doesn't give you the right, you got, know. Yeah, got away with it with like a lot of complaints. Yeah. People, yes. I think they got away with it because people were still like. In that it's Game of Thrones, I need to watch it mindset. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, they, they hadn't fallen so far off the cliff yet that people were just like, ugh, like yep. Game of Thrones is terrible. But yeah, Witcher's not there. And I don't right. want it to ever get there. <laughs> I mean, make a good point. So like might- Danger Will Robinson, like red red flashing lights, like, you know, back away from this particular, you know, writing style or plot usage or whatever you want to call it. Like back away they have from not this. earned they have not earned the right to be lazy yet no yep. see mike example in our D campaign yes the the one of the goals for you i, was, mean, I don't play D. that's for nerds what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> was yeah, was this, that amount this podcast is not for nerds <laughs> <laughs> the the destination was a mountain and yeah. you're from one place to a mountain that was so in the witcher show you would have departed the village and then arrived at the mountain. Well, so, right. So that's the next, so 
you know, <laughs> I instead like made an area that you'd have challenges and struggles throughout. So your characters have to face something and deal with something and explore something before right. just getting there because of those, we're just, we're just talking. It's just talking. So I can say, well, you departed and it's pretty nice out and you drove, you know, rode through the woods and then before you is a mountain. Okay. Mm -hmm. You just, you just traveled for two and a half days, but it felt like nothing because mm -hmm. we didn't, we didn't make it feel like something. Right. You know? Well, and to your point, you know, I think if you were to ask Adam or, or Tony uh, or JP, one of the most memorable events of our campaign so far is that scene with us on horseback running from mm -hmm. right, the zombies in that marsh, which was between that, right? That was, that yep. was part of that journey. And so to your point, there's a lot of important things that can still happen in storytelling mm -hmm. that you can uncover just because you're traveling from A to B doesn't mean that it has to be bland, right? You yep. can right. grow and learn. So I guess what I'm saying, John, is you are a better writer than the Witcher show. Oh, wow. Perfect. Thanks. <laughs> that's, that's, all, that's, all I was, that's what I was fishing for. I mean, that's what the whole salt. thing's about, right? Like, John's yeah. like, I'm retiring. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So um, now that uh, I've got what I wanted, um, we're going to move on. Um, um, we're, we're dealing with the um, the elves and the Nilf guardians mm -hmm. and trying to make that relationship happen. Um, but we have a the baby now. I, I don't think I'm skipping ahead here, but we have the baby and um, it's very. Well, the one thing that that does happen is Kay here comes back. Um, you know, Yennefer's yeah. previous traveling companion, he comes back yeah. and is sort of like half a second of like, Cool, like the elves are here. Maybe this is gonna work. Just kidding. I'm gonna be a, like a giant asshole, and clearly this is now gonna actually be a problem that Nilfgaard well, is working that... with the elves. I mean, but it's kind of difference between like having the individual sympathy uh, and like what's our what's our strategic. You know. Yeah, no, no, no. All I, all I mean is like storyline wise, like there was like half a second where you were like, okay, so this is like you know. He's like, he's sympathetic and he says, you know, we yeah. are trying to like, you know, provide equality and freedom for these people. And you were like, okay, so this partnership is going to happen. You know, he's, he's not going to come back and make trouble for Frangilla and Francesca. And then suddenly he was just like 180, like, I'm actually going to be an asshole about it and make a big stink. And this partnership is, you know, going to be tested. Mm -hmm. So th yeah, that's all I meant is like, there was a little bit yep. of like you know, misdirection there. And we do see, see it start to fall apart quick, uh, yes. the relationship, uh, and surprisingly quick to me. Cause it's like, mm -hmm. what did you think was going to happen exactly here? Like you were brought in, you have some protection. Well, now you have to fight for mm -hmm. us. Like we're, we're, we're in this together. So it was a pretty, right. to, to me, it seemed pretty, um, uh, for a race that's really on the outs it seemed mm -hmm. like a really ballsy, arrogant kind of move that, well, you know, we have our child now. And uh, so kind of F you, we're not really going to do this. Um, right. Where So I was I was pretty surprised with how that went um, yep. and, and deteriorated 
fast. And obviously then that's going to be, uh, um, Fringilla freaking out because her, her, her prize for the emperor is, uh, right. er eroding. Yeah. And I, and I have to say that I was really disappointed because, you know, in, in the scene that we have with Francesca and Frangilla right before Francesca goes into labor, they really seem in sync. They seem, um, you know, like they're developing a really strong bond of like equals. They share a vision and it really seems like this could be a cool, formidable pairing that could really mm. trouble, obviously, the rest of the world, especially the Brotherhood. Yep. And it just dissipates so quickly. And I was really disappointed because I was looking forward to seeing where that went. Yep. And and I'm sorry, but if you are a, a being, a creature that lives for so many centuries, are you telling me that in all of that time, you really learned so little about social interaction that you think mm -hmm. that's going to be all right? Right. You think them going to bring you in and you're going to be like on the bed and like, ah, actually, you know what? No. Come on, you're right. hundreds yeah. of years old. Right. Let mm -hmm. me like continue to live here and whatnot, but yeah. I'm not going to actually do anything for you. Just going to like live. And you know how many people hate you. Be, yeah. Right. You know, the tenuous relationship is like, how would you even expect to walk out of there alive? Mm -hmm. You know, right. uh, it, it was very strange. Um, to me yeah frangilla seems so supportive i mean she was very like yep. you know i know what a big deal this is to have this elven baby born i'm gonna give you grace and like i'm gonna celebrate with you like she i really felt like you felt that character's joy and relief you know because there was obviously a moment where we were like oh my god this baby is being you know is born but is is dead yeah is not alive and there's like a real moment of panic for her. And this like, I just felt her relief when the baby yeah. cried out. And you so you're probably it, not getting what you wanted if the baby doesn't live. Well, I mean, I, I felt like it on both levels. I mean, that she wasn't going to get what she wanted, the Lily. But I did feel like on a personal level, she liked Francesca. And and, I don't know. So I'm not saying she's, credit. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> saying she's, she's like gonna run out and like oh she's feeling some maternal yeah. instinct like i want to have a baby of my yeah, own maybe. but yeah. but i think like just the relationship and the rapport she had with francesca she was like woof okay like yeah. you know um so i really felt like this was going somewhere strong and then we just like undercut that a lot yep with francesca's you know surprise mm -hmm. i like you but i like my baby so much more that i'm just gonna like cut off our interaction <laughs> yep i think uh, to me the show the show's notes went um fringilla fails at siege fringilla mm -hmm. needs to recover her image with the emperor mm -hmm. has elves elves don't work out <laughs> like right it's like, and so okay we got to get from point the point of like Okay, have the elves on our side to elves don't work out. We had to get there. How is right. that going to happen? I don't know, but it's going to happen. We're going to make that connection. And well, so and it's so funny because, yeah, it's so funny because those first three bullets can really happen in rapid succession. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? We were all, I feel like, there with like, yeah. she failed. Okay, what do we do now? Okay, you know, we have this very like tenuous bargain with the elves. Like, okay, we're bringing it back. 
but I think we needed to see the the erosion happen more slowly. It's almost a, you'd almost take it as a as a sign, like if you're spiritual, like you're that things are going right. You're, yes. You've aligned now with the Nilfgaardians. You're on the right path because now you had a baby that's alive. Like you'd you'd stay the path because right. If you're looking at it in a spiritual lens that way, a, prof, a prophetic lens, then it's like this is I'm on the right course here. Right. 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 So yeah, that's a good point. Um. So let's see. Um. Then we have. Um. Uh, I think this is where Geralt's bringing Siri uh, to this mm -hmm. kind of sanctuary. Yes. And um, trying to teach her a little bit how to harness magic. It's not uh, going super well, but uh, we kind of have some some slower scenes here, sort of a little talking to the the keeper there and lighting Thanks. candles and. We meet we meet actually a lot of new characters in this episode. Um, I feel like a lot of like the, the, the focus is around, you know, what's happening with the Nilfgaardians and with the elves. And obviously that's like, you know, part of our very big plot line here, but we meet a lot of new people in, yeah, we go to this like academy slash sanctuary. We meet Neneke, um, who Geralt is like, I studied with her. I studied here, you know, this is my home for a time. So we're kind of getting like little snippets of background here. We also meet um, the, like, other mage who's not a mage anymore, I think, is her story with, with Candlefinger, Reince, Reince, you know? Um, yep. She's, like, a, a co-conspirator of yeah. his, and then we, like, flash right. away. We get these, like, two questioner historian people who are talking about some prophecies, talking yep. about Siri. And then we kind of flash away from them too. And I was sort of like, hi, <laughs> yeah. uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know lot. if anybody else was yep. just kind of like as surprised as I was, but there were a lot of new character introductions in this episode. I like the added depth. I liked, uh, you know, a little mystery there. Uh, I also says Lydia. I didn't realize that was Lydia. Yeah, uh, Lydia is with Fire. So, Can um, candle guy, candle fingers. She is yeah. a mage. Okay. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I generally enjoyed most of this, uh, a little bit of background, you know, wondering who is Lydia, who is Lydia working for, you know, mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. And candle um, finger working for, yeah. Like what, what are the real motivations there? Um, it's kind of interesting. And then we, you know, Jennifer shows up. I mean, that's kind of obviously a big deal for the pair of them, for Geralt and Jennifer, mm -hmm. um, a reuniting. Um, how do we think that went? And yeah, thoughts there on their reuniting finally. I do that. Mike, you can go it. ahead. I was oh, all you're about, all about it. it. Okay. I'm like, yeah. Get together. <laughs> I'm totally on the Geralt Yetnifer thing. I'm like, do it. <laughs> um, and then I was immediately like, oh man. <laughs> yes. right. You know, the ulterior motive just comes straight through. I was like, shit. That's yeah. a bummer. Um, but yeah, I I I liked the 
it continues to astound me the characterization that that Henry Cavill uh, can provide whilst playing a very stoic character. Mm-hmm. Those two things don't seem to mix well. You have a person who is supposed to be, he's not actually cold, but he gives off a cold demeanor, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's supposed to be the unique characteristic of a Geralt is that he does allow emotions to take hold and whatnot. Um, but he's still, he's still Iceman. And yet mm-hmm. Henry does that with a calm, quiet voice, typically um, a lot of acting with his eyes and just little mm-hmm. mouth twitches. It's just, I love seeing that so much. Mm-hmm. So big mm-hmm. props on that end. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. He does, he does stoically emotional well. Um, it's, it's hard to, you know, em- emote through what you're supposed to have as a mask. And he does that really, really well. Um, yep. Yeah, I I like you was really excited about this, you know, reunion. I did not see it coming. It was a little like out of the blue, so I was just like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> um, but immediately something fell off, and I wondered if someone was perhaps like you know, playing Yennefer and it wasn't actually her cuz it just I was wow. like, I don't know, something is wrong here. She, she's not acting quite right. And then um of course, it was Yennefer, um, but with ulterior motives. And I was like, ah, that's what I'm sensing. That's what's not right. You know, yeah. she's she's clearly here for something else. And it's not just like, you know, to to get yep. to know uh, Geralt and, and his relationship with his new surprise child. Child of right. surprise. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, she we have a fight. Geralt takes on a bunch of dudes and um okay is it weird that i'm sorry i hated it that fight so i don't remember like the kills it. were cool uh-huh. like he did some some crazy shit with a sword but there was like some slow-mo and i was just sort of like mm, no no i don't like it like there was a slow-mo punch where he like knocks out somebody's teeth oh, and it yeah. was all just like yeah. he like winds up for the punch and then suddenly it does that typical slow-mo where it does even the sound where it's like and you just yeah, like it's see out the of place sl- it yeah i hated it it's, it's the like, first time i felt i felt like i hated a fight in in this show in this series okay. and i didn't like it i thought they were trying to top probably the the person fight um alan says guest directors net zach snyder no Are you way. serious? What? Shut oh up. God. Of course he puts the slow motion in there. <laughs> he, oh, he goes, okay, no joke. You as well as Alan. How plain, sir. I'm, I'm salute I'm like, you. I was, I I'm was like, in. How would I like, not see it in the credits? Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, it just, got us all. We were all just like, wow. <laughs> I, you know, so it's something that in like um, Robert Downey and uh, um, what's his name? I'm Dumbledore now. What uh, British guy? Jude Law. Jude, Jude Law. Law. In Sherlock yeah, Holmes, in that, obviously, yeah. Guy Ritchie. Mm-hmm. They they took that kind of style into a, a a period piece, and for the film and the way they do that, it works for a very this yeah. I was gonna say for place. a very specific purpose, and yeah, yeah. did it in a in a very like. Okay, I'm gonna slow mo it because 
let me like, you know, get you into Sherlock's brain because he like thinks about it as it's happening and we're going to narrate the fight. And it was very stylistic. You can like it or you cannot. I'm just saying it was very like, we're making this specific choice every time. This was like the first time Witcher had like a slow mo, like, yeah. Like I said, with the iconic slow mo, like sound and everything. Yeah. And I didn't like it. They could have, they could employ slow mo in a way that would make sense in this show and in this universe. When mm-hmm. he takes that potion, right? The blizzard mm-hmm. potion. When he yeah. takes that, then slow mo would make sense if you're doing it from. Uh, Geralt's perspective. Yes, right. I agree with right. you. That'd be yeah, cool. This, you're, you're this absolutely right. This doesn't that. make sense. Mm-hmm. No. That and, could and be it, actually really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, do that. I, I would yeah. dig that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but season one, the combat was so visceral, right? Mm-hmm. It was fast camera action following him, and and um, that is that is a cool aspect of this. So mm-hmm. I'm in total agreement. Yeah, I'm, again, I'm not saying like, you know, the the moments where Geralt was fighting, there were there were flashes, there were cool moments, there were cool kills. Um, but yeah, just like the the slow-mo teeth punching in particular, I just thought was like very egregious. And I was like, no, no, thank you. Well, speaking of sort of a ultimate slow-mo, I think it's this next episode. I don't know if I'm jumping around here, you can correct me, but it's when um so there's sort of this um this pissing match between the generals and Fringilla and who's gonna oh. be in charge and stuff. And she's like, Okay, I need this, you know, I need to save face here. This is what's happening. And so she poisons everyone. And um, that was uh. a pretty cool scene. Um Yeah. It's hard to yeah. watch it at a certain point, a certain part that, of that. Oh, oh, yeah, no, cannot say enough cool things about that in particular. I mean, that is like an excellent, it was like explained, but not in like a boring way. She was just like, let me take my boss moment and just explain to you all why pissing me off was such a terrible idea because I know this, I know that. Here's how I'm using it against you right now. I know you can't show facial expressions, but if you could, like, you would just be like, you know, a twisted viscera of fear because I yep. have you. Yep. So good. And this is, she better enjoy it now because this is why, not this specific case, but this is why uh, mages and sorcerers don't have always such a good time in Witcher World. I mean, sure. just as you would in any time or whatever, some populace or group or whatever that seems to be the ones to be afraid of um mm-hmm. is is sought by higher authority and by public to you know squash out and uh right. this is a good showcase of power and uh it'll be a good reminder so good. of the show where depending on where the show goes um why they're to be feared so mm-hmm. it's a good point um can i just ask why is it always nightshade it's always nightshade. Is there, is there <laughs> yeah. something I don't know? It sounds um, cool. It does. Yeah, it does. It, I, just... I mean, as someone who hasn't played the games, is nightshade in the game? I mean, not I that I remember. Like but I feel okay. like it's in in so many other stories, though. Oh like, no, nightshade I totally agree is, with yeah. you. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. 
I mean, and you definitely collect all kinds of herbs and different things, I think, that are like uniquely named in the game. Mm-hmm. So they could use something like that. That's one of those things. Sure. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, sweet. Yeah. I mean, that's, cool. yeah, that uh, that particular moment is is farther in the episode. So there are definitely some things I feel like we should mention in that episode. But yeah, that was absolutely my favorite part was just like, I didn't see it coming. I thought Frangilla was like on the ropes, you know, every, mm-hmm. everybody, like the, the generals are very like, you can't do your job. We hate the elves. Like, you know, you're no leader of ours. You know, Kay here's back. We got this guy. This is what's going on. The white flame is coming. We learned in, at the very end of the last episode, like, man, she is, uh, she is just losing it at every angle. And then she just yeah. comes in and she's like. Here's my desperate, yeah. Here's my desperation play, and it worked out. I mean, so like in that so moment, yeah. Yeah. yeah, in that moment, it worked yeah. out, and it was just like, yeah. This this is the prelude this uh, to what I think is the best scene in maybe the the second second season. Um, okay, in my mind, What's that? we'll get we'll get there. Oh, oh okay, uh, all right, all right, okay, all right. Um. Dijkstra. I want to talk Dijkstra a little bit. Again, we yeah. have lots of players. They're all like all starting to, you know, I think you say in the con- in your comments here, they're all starting to like understand the rarity that is this Siri person. Yes. And um mm-hmm. wanting her for different reasons, yes. some which are more clear, some are which are what a lot less clear and who's who's vying for and what places and why and Dijkstra mm-hmm. is always a guy behind the scenes uh kind of a you know if we talk Game of Thrones again kind of a little finger sort of character yeah. but mm-hmm. with a little more integrity like he's he's, he's kind he's, of a little finger and a Varys together yeah he's just he's like he definitely is his own entrepreneur if you want to say that mm-hmm. you know like he is where you think of Varys and Littlefinger predominantly are pretty subservient. Like they have to do everything behind the scenes. Um, I feel like Dijkstra, you know, really runs a lot of things, yes. but um, yeah, I, uh, I like any more, any scene that he's in basically. Mm-hmm. And so we get to see a little more of him in this episode. He's yeah, certainly I... more physically imposing. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, I particularly liked his his trip to Artuza and his like squaring off with Tisea. Um mm-hmm. you know, I I felt like he he gave a little and she got back and like there was a little back and forth there and I was just sort of like man, they're both clearly masters at this and I don't know who's coming out on top, but like, you know, they're they're both clearly very good at getting information and getting information that is going to like sway the brotherhood, you know, Mm -hmm. to take an interest in one thing or another. And like, you know, Dijkstra is like, here, let me dig out what you're hiding. And she's like, Oh, here, let me dig out the fact that like, this is so convenient for you to mention because of X, Y, and Z. So I just, I don't know. I wrote game recognizes game. And I I think (laughs) that's a perfect way to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I um, I was I was surprised to see Dijkstra, um, there with the sorceresses and stuff. 
kind of outside of Novigrad and everything, I was surprised that mm-hmm. he personally would, you know, go there. But mm-hmm. yeah, fun to fun to watch. So I I agree, but I think it was not wildly out of character and it was a good way for him to get some screen time. Yeah. Because I think yep. the more screen time for him the better. Yep. Um so what else are we missing from this episode yet before the ultimate episode? Um other reunion than obviously time. the reunion time. Another reunion, Geralt oh, and Yaskier. Oh yeah. Okay. With their with their great like Yaskier in prison. I mean an, another troublesome like Talking Geralt can just travel wherever he wants to and just be mm-hmm. there. Um but I forgave it because I was so like happy about their reunion and their banter. Uh Yaskier is one of my favorite characters in the show because I feel like he has banter with everybody and the the guy who plays him is just like such a natural just like Everything he does, I feel like, just sounds like off the cuff and like I'm a just bard. actually saying this kind of shit. Yeah, he's a bard. Yeah, yeah, he really is. Like down to his very bones. So mm-hmm. yeah, the that was that was a bit. Mice was great. Yeah, <laughs> his like little mouse chorus and like you know, oh yeah, just all of that was so fun. And then of course, bringing them together has the important point of like putting all the puzzle pieces together as to what Yennefer is after, what she's going to be doing, and therefore what's going to be happening with Ciri. Because, of course, the last episode, we saw them go through a portal together, leaving Geralt behind at that sanctuary. And it's like, shit, where are they going to go? You know, what's going to happen? So their yep. their reunion was obviously very important for continuing that storyline. Yep. You know, and then as we'd mentioned, the great reunion for um, the momentary one with Geralt and Yennefer in the last episode. Obviously, mm-hmm. they Geralt catches Went back up very fast. <laughs> yeah, Geralt catches back up and has a uh, little mercy for for Yennefer at this point, a little patience um, right. for what she, uh, you know, would was choosing to do here, and uh, maybe a little little late that now. Yennefer starts to realize how special Siri is that she would decide, okay, let's not do this. Geralt's not yeah. there in Sintra. That's not, you know, um, but yeah, tense moments. Still, mm-hmm. What's that? Still have problems with that. I still have oh, yeah. problems with that. Yeah. With, with uh, what? Like, with Yennefer realizing how important Siri is. It's not it's not her own growth like th- this is this is part of why I have just the problem in feeling like Yennefer's just gone backwards again mm-hmm. and it's because she's not realizing that what she's doing is wrong because what she's doing is wrong right. she's realizing it because just serious wow she's powerful she's important in the grand scheme of things it's like no man you're about to sacrifice a little girl for power right. and power was never your answer like <laughs> Yep. That's frustrating to me. Yep. Like that is the wrong revelation for her to come to. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the easy one, you know, it's right. really easy to write. That's why but, in the game I chose Triss. Yennefer, right. crows can have her, you know, I have to say that I did, you know, it is like season one really made me it like change my mind on Yennefer. And then season two yeah. starts making me change my mind back, you know? So yeah 
Sure. It's, uh, I so agree. Maybe it's this is a meta thing that I'm not familiar with. Is, is this the kind of characterization that comes from the games? Is, is Yennefer no, more sure. of a surface level character that's just kind of like always back and forth without a, not a lot of growth ever? Um, I don't know what I would say her in, in the game you um if you form a relationship with her um once things start to go her way more she starts to soften up and open up and everything but until that she's very like I have my goal this is why I need to get done and very um kind of um likes to try to put Gerald in his place at times. It's not a particularly friendly person. And mm -hmm. it's always what turned me off from her. And it was one of those things you got to peel away the layers and then she's like, okay. But she, one thing that is true is she cares a lot about Siri. So I want to mm -hmm. see that develop, you know, sure. Beyond like she's a, an asset, you know, because she okay. doesn't, she does not, you know, one of her goals is, or one of the things she feels has been taken away from her, obviously, is the ability to to birth a child. Right. Gerald has essentially adopted Siri. You know, mm -hmm. there's obviously connections here with how that that stuff can can be played out. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, game space. So Siri is very important to her, not on a surface level or because she's just important. She sure. actually really cares. So that's that's another question that I have then as someone who hasn't taken the time to read the books, read a bunch of other things, but the characterization is what I really miss out on, right? Mm -hmm. um, does she care about having a child because she wants to be a mother? Or does she care about having a child because she wants the choice to be able to have a child? Like those are two very different things, right? Yep. I, wanna, I wanna have that autonomy or I actually wanna be a mother. Like, mm -hmm. which one does she fall into? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I can't answer that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I felt like the first season was really about Yennefer's um, rage at having the choice taken away from her. And therefore, like, the resulting quest was just like, I need to have my choices back because I need to feel in control. Um, you know, and I felt like this was taken away from me. And then I felt like in the first part of this season with her, with her encounters with the deathless mother and the dreams that she was having that were clearly about her with Geralt having a child was maybe a little bit hinting at she actually does care more deeply and wants to be a mother because what we know now about that particular character of the Deathless Mother is that she takes your, like, very specific pain and just, like, twists the knife. So if it was about just choice for her, I think there would have been a different dream that she was having. And I, and I think that, you know, in choosing to represent, like, her dreams this way, there is a hint that she does care about being a mother. I think that's maybe fair. maybe not like it's her whole goal and it's like the whole sum total of what she wants out of life, obviously. Um, I don't think she's like just a very maternal person, but right. but I think it's it's very clearly a factor for her. I 
I think you're right. They have they have definitely painted that this season, um, mm-hmm. which is different from last season. I mean, last season you had yeah. the scene where she's she's trying to escape that assassin, right? She grabs Ugh. the baby, knife goes through her shoulder, kills the baby, and she's having that conversation on the beach then, and she's literally talking like, you know, this you're the lucky one because right. you don't have to fight through this world. You don't have to survive. And and she paints a picture of saying, you know, I I don't want to bring somebody up in this. This mm-hmm. is a cruel, terrible world. Um, that kind of person in that stage that they don't want to have a baby by any means. Mm-hmm. She she pretty well defined that she did not think that this was a fit world to curse somebody to live into, mm-hmm. essentially. Um that can that's also be rationalizing as well. I mean, we don't know that as maybe true. that's the way it's painted, but um that can be yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, I I would I would say that yes. Like like her having that conversation, I think on many levels um was her not ready to have a child, but also sort of you know, kind of thawing the ice a little bit. And making it, it a little bit more real. It's not just about like I need to heal, you know, like my literal body so that I can have this choice. It was a little bit about um, on the one hand, you know, yeah, you are lucky. Like this world isn't fair and I'm I'm literally being reminded of that right now as I have to bury a, be- a dead baby that's not my own even though I tried to save it. But I think there is just like that teensy first thawing of, you know, she's trying to grapple with the fact that, you know, this wasn't my baby, but I still tried to save her. I didn't give an F about the mom in the right. end. You know, I was like, take her or whatever. But she's coming to grips with the fact that I did try to save the baby. Um, maybe there is that part of me that does really want to be a mother, even though in this case it worked out very tragically. That's a good Well, one. and her relationship with Geralt can change this too. You know, a Mm -hmm. lot of people are like, I don't really want to ever settle down or I don't want to have kids or I don't, you know, I'm going to do whatever. And then they all of a sudden meet someone and Mm -hmm. well, that's, you know, okay. New outlook. Yeah. So So maybe she is growing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see. Um, did I, um, you know, who's not growing though. The Elven yes, baby. Oh, oh, that's okay. Yep. So that's at the end of episode <laughs> seven. Yep. That baby is a done dunzo. Uh, yeah. Um, and the mother is uh, gonna repay the exact same kind of racism that they see against themselves. Um, the same sort of group kind of. Well, you know. Therefore, you all shall suffer. Um, yep. So Seems yeah, that's, rational. Yeah. Yeah. Though I mean yeah. oh, I, I don't, don't I I don't know what I would do if someone like right. killed yeah. my and, baby. And you have so much power <laughs> at your disposal. Yeah. You know? I'd do it. Mm. Yeah. So Yeah. I was I was really just absolutely crushed by that scene, even though I was like with what I'm learning about this deathless mother character. Um, you know, kind of the the lore we've gotten about, you know, what drives her and what gives her power. I was like, 
And it's happening. Of course it's happening that you would give someone like their their greatest wish, their greatest desire, and just like take it away in the most cruel sense. Yep. And then just be like, set you free to cause pain. She definitely got the worst end of the stick when it comes to the three of them. Absolutely. Uh, so. <laughs> well, that's what she fed on, right? That's what Deathless Mother fed on. That's what she needed to be freed. Is that that's what you're saying, Andrea? Um, yeah. So yeah, that, yeah, that I mean, is she, the ultimate pain. Yeah, she she very clearly like set these three up with tools to cause themselves, you know, and others around them pain and then francesca in particular she just like really cruel cruelly gave her exactly what she wanted and then just took it away um and in a far more in a far more um uh, i can't think of a better word than cruel um cruel manner than you know if if the baby had not survived childbirth you know there was that moment where we all were like Oh my God. Um, you know, to have, have it survive and have Francesca like know something was wrong, but then it was okay. And to feel that comfort and safety of your baby's alive and then taking it away was yep. just, yeah. Yep. Yeah. She gave him hope. Yes, exactly. Yep. All right. Well, we need to talk about episode eight. Um, yes. Cause there's, there's a lot going on there. I have, uh, a lot. Of, this is, I, don't think I liked this episode, actually. I think it's kind of uh, was one of the lower points. And um, mm-hmm. I one of my favorite things, though, did happen here and what I was referring to earlier mm-hmm. is so we do have the Amir come in. I'm kind of I'm I don't know what point this is, but we have our oh, he's on screen right now. We have our Nilfgaardian and then Fringilla, their plot their mm-hmm. plan that they're going to uh satisfy emperor amir mm-hmm. and uh you know we had the baby killed we uh got it all figured out and the surprise that n- no actually i did that you're both liars <laughs> you're in trouble i love yeah. that moment so that was a good payoff for those two conniving people that have been trying to like save their hides this whole time recover mm-hmm. face make something happen and shot down. So, yes. Yeah. I, um, I, I have a lot of thoughts about Amir coming on like in this, in this episode. Um, I was glad that we were going to like finally see him see the white flame. Cause for the longest time I thought maybe this was just some sort of like, god type figure you mm, know what i mean i wasn't okay. actually sure that the white flame was actually real and oh, a person yeah. yep. you know what i mean like it just sort of felt like this like mythology creation something and then the it was Lord like slow right like it's just like a shadowy thing that we you know believe in um who's giving us these principles from on high and then it was slowly becoming apparent to me that this was like a real person and then um, in this episode, it was like all of that payoff of like, okay, it's a real person. We're actually going to meet them. Like, you know, yep. um, and then, yeah, there was obviously that like very shocking twist of who, who this was, which, which I feel like was made less shocking by like a, an actor switch. Did anybody else feel like that? Um, uh, actor switch. Yes. Is it a different actor or does makeup just look different? 
it maybe could be that, and I and I just was like, okay, because I you didn't mean get from a good her visions to present day. Yeah. So not one? so. Yeah. So so like season one, and then to now, I was like, I don't feel like that's the same person. Okay. Sure. And so, and yeah. so I was, I was sort of like, uh, I mean, I get that this is like a big reveal and it is a big reveal. I'm like, holy crap. But also like, is that a new guy? Like, <laughs> should have just left him be a porcupine. Just leave right. him be a porcupine, man. Really then, then I would have been like, oh, shit. But like, <laughs> I just I don't feel like I remembered his human face enough to be like. Is that sure. Am I just, you know. Oh, that's a so. good point. Um, yeah, I mean, we only saw his face, his human face for what, all of a minute in the first season? Maybe less. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do. Yeah. I, I think if I didn't have Rachel sitting next to me, it would have pulled me back, but she knew it like right away, I guess. Right. And, and that part of that is because, you know, the books are spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got it spoiled. Well, and I guess, like I, I got it from the visions and from like the trips in the past that we took, but I still was like, I just feel like this is just like a little bit less powerful than it could have been. It wasn't. It just didn't have quite the punch of like totally blowing my mind. It was like half blowing my mind. Yeah. So, I, it was weird for me because I knew that Amir was her father. Sure. But I was waiting for reveal, um, even though I was seeing the memories. Mm -hmm. um, For some reason in my head, I'm like, because that didn't look at all in my mind, like Amir, and they don't say his name. Yeah. So I'm like, is this like some more adoptive, adopted parents? You know, Mm -hmm. these aren't Mm -hmm. their actual parents that these are people that helped raise her again that I'm. You know, I somehow was missing this, you yeah. know, other than her grandmother kind of thing. So I was still waiting for the Emir reveal, half hoping it would be uh, Charles Dance because he does the voice in the game. <laughs> and uh, which is an impossible. Tywin impo- Lannister. I know. He's rides an again. figure. <laughs> he's got the great deep voice and perfect yep. emperor material. Mm-hmm. And so this young guy, I just didn't make the connection until they yep. showed him like, oh, OK, well, that really was her appearance that she was talking to. Uh, um, and there he is. OK, so mm-hmm. well, uh, he has a lot to go to impress me as Amir. Mm-hmm. So. There's also and, and this is my own not understanding, but like, goddamn, he hasn't aged at all. Yeah. Why? Right. I mean. She's serious, like, well, if we think that she's 14, 15 years old, right? I guess I would still be a little something, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he was supposed to be a, a really young guy when he got married, right? Mm-hmm. When this yeah. child's prize thing took place. Um, so that part threw me a little bit too. I guess I expected him to be older, and it's funny, uh, Alan shared the picture of him from the games, he looks far older and you know, more distinguished yes. in yes. that. Yes, yeah. He is. Again, an imposing, like, man, not like a, you know, hipster Okay. 20-somethings. So, yeah, so Alan says, same guy as far as he can tell. 
Um, but maybe it was just like the makeup that they did in season one or something like that, or just like the the. I only you know, remember they're making him more. Right. Like, I, well, I mean, he, he, he does like for that, like I said, like 30 seconds, it's so brief. We see him and perhaps, you know, they, they made him up to look more bedraggled because, you know, he's just coming out of an enchantment or, you know, something like that. But it just didn't click in my mind that this huh. is the same person. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. There, Alan's got the picture uh, in our chat. That's yeah. So, okay. yeah. So it didn't really like, right. Is Okay. Tell me that doesn't look like almost like a different guy. I mean, I can see it. Like the nose obviously is the same, but yeah, I I mean, can definitely could think they're different people. Yeah. Just like a lot of it is so different. It's not even like, oh, he has longer hair. It's like just the something about like maybe the angle that's being shot or maybe he lost some weight. Like he's got more defined cheekbones or something. It just doesn't look like quite the same person. So for me, I was just like, hey. (laughs) <laughs> well, there's there is stuff to unpack there. I mean, it's definitely the angle, but he might have lost. But I mean, look, Yaskier looks way more jacked in this one. He's had two years, right? Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, we had a big split between this because of the pandemic. Uh, Siri looks five, six years older. Yeah, absolutely. she's supposed to be the same age. You know, so so there is a little bit of that that we have to mold around. So, I, and I I am with you. It did feel off. Yeah. Because of that, yeah. maybe this guy got jacked too. Yeah, might Could as well, be. right? Yeah. 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 Side note. Yeah. Yaskier just like could be a witcher, <laughs> like based on that, that body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all, that's all I'm saying. Both Chris and I were just like, should he be that jacked for a bard? Like those, those abs are for show. They're not fending off monsters. <laughs> so. Rachel's so sitting next to me and I'm like, and for the ladies. <laughs> yeah. Like and for she's real. Just... <laughs> Yeah, I was just I was just like, okay, Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just funny. And that is entirely I I also believe that scene is only for his shirtless reveal. That dude must have been like, listen, I got jacked. I want to show people because so far what I've done is walk over to this little river thing, take my shirt off, put it in and then I put it back on. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And you know what? Good for him. Be your oh, own yeah. advocate, man. For sure. Like you got jacked, show it off. Like it's hard. Yeah. 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 And it, it was funny. Like the whole scene was funny. I mean, him being jacked wasn't funny. Um, but like that whole scene was just like, cool, we're gonna do this shirtless, go get it. Like you're still funny and like hilarious while you're being shirtless and washing your flowery shirt in a river too. hmm I don't think yep. he put the shirt back on, did he? He, he did. put the jacket back on. Yeah. He left, yeah. <laughs> Which well, like, because no, because I would do oh, look like that. Because oh, we forgot. Um, his shirt got ruined by an axe that was thrown by our uh, old friends, the dwarves. Yeah, who showed up. So I'm still waiting for Zoltan. Uh, there's a character. So we have uh, you know, some of Geralt's friends' band of of buddies, and Zoltan yes. is one of them. And we haven't we haven't seen him yet. I'm still mm-hmm. a little confused where the where the timing is on this, you know, exactly sure. how this is, how this is spaced out. Because like you say, you know, Amir seems like a lot older when we are dealing in the games, you know, Yennefer has a better relationship with Siri. So there's different stuff. So this is clearly still pre older, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, I'm waiting for speaking of dwarves. Oh, also speaking of dwarves, 
They showed the <laughs> one woman dwarf with the beard. Yeah. Yeah. I, in my D&D campaigns, let me just say, all dwarves <laughs> are attractive, basically, especially the women dwarves. So mm-hmm. I am con or against bearded dwarven women. Hey, we don't know I... that they all have beards. Just That's this one. True. Just right. We don't see many of them. So Also, like, this was, like, funny, like, not funny, funny, but, like, not terrible bearded dwarven woman. Do you know what I mean? Like, Lord of the Rings, like, Gimli talks about, like, dwarven women, and they're like, you basically can't tell them apart from dwarven men, and, like, Aragorn's like, it's the beard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. like, the way that they talk about it, like, Gimli's like, yeah, so people think we don't, you know, we don't even have women. Like, they're so manly dwarven you know almost and so she's clearly a woman she just like has a beard a little bit (laughs) i think it was a lot of it wasn't it like a long well i mean yeah but you know what i mean but it isn't like it doesn't like cover her face it isn't like crazy you know like i couldn't even tell she's a woman yeah um also yaskier does like a little like hey girl so like (laughs) there's a little something there I mean, there's a lot something there with a lot of people for him. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But that's that's part of like his charm, yes. though. Even like, you know, this bearded dwarven yes. woman, he's like, you know, just making a little moment in the background. Like, what's up? Yep. <laughs> Not afraid yep. to go there. <laughs> yep. Um, OK, so we got to talk about the battle at Kermoran. Things always seem to end up yeah. coming back to Kermoran. Um, and this is where, you know, really the rants from last week about the uh proficiencies or lack thereof of the witchers to deal with monsters i really thought this this was a weird this was all the structure of all of this was weird so siri Mm -hmm. is possessed and um by the deathless mother and so she goes around silently killing a bunch of witchers Mm -hmm. in caramoran and there's this odd thing where we she's found out and confronted and then like runs through the door and then we have several minutes of like who did she all kill where would she go hey i'm gonna try to make this potion it's like Mm -hmm. didn't she just run out the door like don't you make chase like i was like they couldn't find her she's standing Mm -hmm. right in the main hall um, I didn't understand the flow of this entire yeah. thing. And then it seemed like they had somehow this time to plan and mourn people's deaths almost and like get things together. But then with all that time, there was really, right. really no plan formed. Yennefer didn't really, you know, do anything. Yaskier failed in his mission to just give Gerald a stone. Mm-hmm. Um, all they did was watch witchers die as Geralt tries to talk to Siri. Right. Yeah. There's this theme in movies and television shows that I'm getting really sick of. It's kind of like the end of, well, I, I can't ruin that, I guess. Um, there's a, there's an anime <laughs> that's like really cool. And then the end of Andrea, know which one I'm talking about. And at the yeah. end of it, it's like, Oh, well, I'm going to defeat you with the power of love, basically, is what it is, you know? And then we have a Wonder Woman movie that's like, I'm just going to talk you down. And there's this weird, just like, where's the plan? Where's the spell to remove the possession? Mm-hmm. Where's the, the you know, 
the seance that needs to happen, the spiritual trap, something. Meanwhile, there's a few kind of small dragon things that a team full of witchers can't deal with. I have an explanation for that one. I'm, I've been Ooh. with you 100% of the way, all the way okay. up to here. Okay. Continue, though, because I love your rants. They make me happy. No, I mean, <laughs> that's... Uh, that's weird. I just thought the structure of the episode was weird. Losing mm-hmm. Siri and having this pause in time was weird. Not yes. having a real plan. Otherwise, you know, none of the witchers. Okay, so they're sending shards of stuff back and forth. Okay, so some of the witchers can manage to turn around fast enough to block it and some can't, you know. I mean, what would you do if you were in Vesemir's shoes and this little girl was offing your entire squad of witchers? One at a time, like just everybody's failing. It just seemed like a really poorly executed everything. Um, well, and why is Vesemir not the one that comes up with the solution here? Again, yes. again, this makes Geralt seem like he is the only elite one. Vesemir is supposed to be the dude. If if he's not physically capable, he's supposed to have more knowledge about mm-hmm. this than anyone. And he's just like. Man, we just gotta kill her. We just yeah. kill her. Right. Like that, yep. you know. Again, someone that, you know, maybe we get this later, but forms a very fatherly kind of bond with Siri, you know. And like mm-hmm. you think all the time that she's spent there now and the training that's happening and stuff, like there'd be an attachment there other than like, like you say, just we just need to kill her. And you'd mm-hmm. think this team of witchers would be able to come up with something better than Siri, you can fight it. You can do it, Siri. <laughs> Listen to me. I, it's it's me, Geralt. You could snap out of it. You know, it's all gonna die with that kind of plan. Yeah. There. Well, this this talking went on way too long, and there was no variation on it. Yep. You know what I mean? Like there was no. Yep. There was. It, it was a lot of Henry Cavill saying like, "You can fight this. You can do it. Come back, Siri. Like you're strong." Yep. There was no other like. Um, you know, I believe in you, Siri. We've been together and I know how hard you've been working and you've been here with us. And, you know, like he doesn't have to go into like, even like, you know, I feel like I'm your father and I love you. And, you know, like crazy emotion, but maybe something more than like, you can fight it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he just didn't have any other sentences. He didn't have any other words to give. And it was like, come on, this clearly isn't working. Like, why wouldn't you try? If, if you think this is truly the path, if you can talk her out of it, be more convincing. Yeah. You know, convince her that she can do this. Like, tell yeah. her, like, this is the deathless mother. Like, she's possessing you. Like, this isn't real. Whatever she's making you see, the you know, the world that you're in right now, I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad, but I do know you can get out. Like, I just came up with something on the fly that I think is better than you can do it. Agreed. <laughs> you are my destiny. Your grandmother would never right. stand for this. Right. right. She would never let this happen. Because you have all of this stuff about how, how much Siri looks up to her grandmother and wants to be exactly. like her. Exactly. Think of Mosak. Right. Yeah. And any love yeah. guns you're familiar with. I right. think there's a lot of this could have been helped in editing. Uh, all, mm-hmm. all they need to do... I still think there should have been a plan, more magic involved, more I mean, I agree doing with cool you. things. But if you're going to stick to this, all you need to do is when she runs out and you make chase 
she you make the shot where she disappears. She's like not to be seen now. You need to like mm-hmm. look around confused. How where does she go? Then we we see her. We're gonna have to see her in her mind being swayed and convinced that you know showing everything that she likes. But all of a sudden, she needs to be hear Geralt's voice and be awoken. And then we cut to the the outside, and Geralt has found her. Maybe she's locked in some sort of physical bind. Um, mm-hmm. They found her and surround her and stuff. And so on the outside, she begins attacking. But we we don't need this cut back we, because they cut back and forth so much to over long periods of time, yeah. inside and outside. And so it makes it feel like you're standing there letting everybody die for 10 minutes. For a long time. Yeah, that mm-hmm. should be quick. All of a sudden, we because time is irrelevant in her mind. So we can spend time viewing her, her wanting to be there and all that stuff. But as soon as we're kicked back out to reality and then that back in, to, yeah. you can't do that. You need to have right. the moment where, you know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. I do, I do think that her getting to like the heart of Kaer Morin and to this like witcher tree, whatever yeah. this was, like. That was baller, like the whole like location, the untwisting, and it tied back into like obviously our opening titles where all of this was like hinted at in which like, you know, this tree was formed and unformed, Um, you know, a monolith was there. So we're kind of like tying back into the monoliths, which have been largely like a a plot point, but not a well-explained one, I think, this season. So there were elements of this that I think needed to happen the way they did. And there were other elements, like you said, John, um, where, you know, she like cuts Geralt's face and runs out of the room and everybody just stands there like, oh, shit. Like, (laughs) nobody reacts to that. Like you said, nobody chases after her and is like, we need to do something about this. They just like stand there. And then suddenly they have like 10 minutes to like, you know, get our like battle up montage where everybody grabs a potion and Yennefer's like, I'm going to do some stuff. Um, So yeah, so that was very odd timing wise. Now, Mike, you said you don't agree with, obviously if you have any comments on that stuff, but if otherwise you said you don't agree with the witchers and the, yeah, the monsters are fighting and being basilisks, right? So Mm, these basilisks are pulled from another dimension right mm-hmm. they are and and maybe you can correct me if i'm wrong but at least mm-hmm. as my current viewer it makes logical sense to me because witchers cannot travel between dimensions that mm-hmm. they would be incredibly well informed and well capable of fighting monsters of this dimension they have history to it but they do say that these basilisks are coming from another mm-hmm. dimension and then we see that when later when siri uh teleports them into the the monolith dimension whatever um and so we know that they're being pulled from there and you even get a passing comment from the witcher of saying i've never seen a basilisk like this before and also mm-hmm. they're big giant raptor things mm-hmm. uh, they're massive right and i think there was was there three or four of them but mm-hmm. so so to me that at that was at least enough for me to go, okay, I can buy why they are struggling with these. Perhaps the things that they believe to be solutions mm-hmm. for our dimensions basilisks 
are not uh, effective mm-hmm. with these ones. Nope, I don't give hey, a pass. I, I, <laughs> I actually, I do agree with you, Mike, because I was thinking when they came out and they were, they were kind of, you know, um, taken aback and having such a hard time. I was thinking back to um, in this season when they were talking about the Leshy and how like, well, everybody knows you, you have to heat up a sword and it's like, you know, red hot sword through the heart. Like everybody knows that. So I was thinking like, maybe there's something very specific they have to do to kill them. Like you can't just like cut off, a, you know, in the beginning, I was thinking that obviously later we, we see Geralt take care of one again, which I kind of had a problem with because again, it showcases Geralt as like the only capable witcher. I'm like, we could have had other guys figure this out. Like even if they were taken aback at first and I, and I felt that it was right that they had trouble with them because there was maybe some very specific solution to killing them. Then when it turned out that Geralt could kill one, I was like, okay, well, we could have had the other wishers do that too then. I'm yeah, frustrated yeah. with this like back and forth. I'm frustrated with this like, okay, I give them a pass because X, but then, okay, Geralt can do it. So why can't everybody do it? It, it is frustrating to me. That is yeah. a good point. And they even um, they even set it up because that Leshy, they said they're not normally capable of um, right turning another person into one. They've never seen that happen. Right, right. So, so like, so I'm so yeah. So I'm sitting there buying into these like, okay, it's new creatures. Like, you know, we have to find new solutions. Our our old stuff doesn't work, but then it does seem that Geralt can do it. So they have to think on their feet, you know. They're gonna well, that's what I mean. Like, why can only Geralt think on his feet? I I think that's poor writing in the sense of like, you know, why can't other witchers do this? Mm -hmm. You know, it could have been a redemptive thing where Yennefer was the one trying to relate to Ciri and pull her out of it and, you know, using some potion she whipped up or something while Geralt Mm -hmm. is dealing with, you know, other things more. But I just like, I think that, again, we don't see the, the, birth of powers the like wide breadth of powers that we could be seeing where mm-hmm. the witchers are just there getting swatted around and, and hacking at them with swords that's all right. we're getting they're just like knights you knights and knights in kind of leather armor you know that's all they are sure. because why don't we see the the moment when they're grabbing potions and stuff why don't they like make a, a moment like don't waste these they only have like three or something and those mm-hmm. are the ones that like basically slow down time for them We'd have mm-hmm. these cool moments where they're like sliding under a dragon's wing, dabbing them in the belly, you know, right. cutting a hole open and then bursting fire into their chest cavity or something like that. All yep. in like slow time, you know, they were doing that. They could have things where they're using some sort of explosions to like knock rubble from the ceiling on top of them to pin them down while others mm-hmm. like tie them down with ropes or something like that, shoot hooks into them. Again, no bows and arrows you know with the uh, poison coatings or anything like that like did anyone mm-hmm. try a poison on them like there's just again they they show they had time to plan to get equipment to do things and now they're faced with beasts these are the only witchers we have left and we see nothing but hacking at him with swords mm-hmm. it was pathetic and then gerald has to come in when most of them are dead and save the day vesemir doesn't do anything it's you know he just gets knocked down it's just not Someone is not caring enough about making the Witcher and the Witchers cool and powerful mm-hmm. and competent. 
someone's not caring about that enough. Mm-hmm. Is there, you know, because I like, well, I mean, show writers, you know, yeah, showrunner, you know, they're not, they're, as I said, with the fighting stuff, there's not enough imagination there. You know, yeah. you need someone that's doing effects or fight choreography or something that like gets off on the awesomeness that can happen in, you know, it's like when you see Wonder Woman beat down people, the way Zack Snyder does that in things is it, it, it gives you chills. Like if you're into that, or you see a really good martial arts movie mm-hmm. or something and there's a fight sequence, you know, like it's just like someone had the creativity to make something visceral and creative and amazing. And in this, they're just worried about talking to each other and, mm-hmm. you know, the political happenings of the world or something. Mm-hmm. Talking to each other with surface level dialogue. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. Right. With no passion, right. No passion there and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, it, this would be okay. Uh, 15 years ago, you know, 20 years ago, like the, the standard has risen of, mm-hmm. of like effects and combat. And, you know, I, I credit some again to Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, you know, mm-hmm. fantasy combat and, uh, stuff. <laughs> Think of the cool, the cool shit that Legolas does. I mean, mm-hmm. some of that's not going to fit in here, but like riding down the stairs on the back of a shield, like shooting arrows on reasonably fast speeds or like sliding down off the, the trunk of an el- Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Use your imagination. Do this yeah. stuff, you know, like, no. Yeah, I, I mean, I really think we're talking about like two separate but related things. Like when you say like, think about the cool things that like have happened in Lord of the Rings. Like that's that's whoever you know, needs to be thinking that way, needs to be thinking about that shit for the witchers. You know what I mean? Like they're the ones who should be doing that like cool fighting stuff for when we're addressing the problem of like, we didn't feel like, you know, Geralt and Ciri fighting the deathless mother and trying to get her out of Ciri was in any way, shape or form, like compelling, you know, it was very like surfacey. Somebody needs to be thinking about like, this is like the season finale. This is like a big yeah. bad boss. Like this could have flown with some like lesser spirit. Like when I think back to like season one and the and the um the, the genie or the gin. Yeah, the gin. That yeah. they were yeah. Some like trickster thing inhabits Siri and they gotta just like talk it out of her. Like, would have bought that. It didn't need to be big and emotional and crazy, you know, for some like lesser being. But this is like the deathless mother who like caused havoc all season, created some wild shit, is in Siri, who we know is crazy powerful, mm-hmm. and we're just talking. Like we we need this to be more. We need this to feel like a struggle. And it didn't. And then ultimately they just like go into another plane and she just mm-hmm. departs. She just wanted to go home. Well, I, I, I was kind of okay with that in the sense of like, like very sneak peeky for like what I think is happening next season. And I well, obviously yeah. like we don't have we don't have yeah. time to get into that. But yes, mm-hmm. it was a little it was a little strange to just like pop in there, deposit the deathless mother, like get out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I live like on bank deposit, pain. like yeah. thank yep. you, bye. <laughs> yeah. So there's no solution, it, 
right? Yeah, there no. was. It was just like a continuation of that problem. It was all very like surface level. We and didn't really like didn't vanquish the deathless yeah. mother. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then the wild hunt shows up in that thing, and it's like fiery and orange tinted. The, the mm-hmm. wild hunt's always in ice. They're all about cold. The beasts they come with, they're like these like demon dog things that are like have ice all over them and stuff. Those are their servants Ooh. and stuff. It's all frosty from their mouth. When the when the wild hunt's been around, everything is cold when they've appeared. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, here Alan put a picture on it's it's yeah. they're cool. Is this, they're scary. Is this the wild hunt from, from the, the game? game? Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's interesting. Because I was thinking about like other lore I know of the wild hunt. Um, and they do usually in in a couple of things that I've read, it's flame, but it's not hot. It's like cold sure. flame. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Well, so I, like yeah. kind of the yeah. In in Norse yeah, in Norse mythology, right, it is the wild hunt in Surtur, right? And so mm-hmm. I mean that that is flame. That that the apocalypse for uh, for them is essentially a, an explosion, a volcano. Um so I get that, and I've seen Wild Hunt in a lot of different kinds of depictions, and you know this isn't the game version yep. of it, and and I get that, but to your point, sometimes it does feel like this show is changing shit just to flip and change it, mm-hmm. just to do it, um, you know, and and I don't know what realm that was that they were popping into, but I do know that the Wild mm-hmm. Hunt is supposed to traverse many different right. realms. Right, that's the mm-hmm. whole thing. The whole shtick is yeah. that they figured out a way to do it outside of the convergence. So they they might not have been from their home place, and maybe that's how right. they manifest in that. It just seemed like a weird thing to me yeah. to the, yeah. our first appearance that it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. but that makes totally sense. agree. I, I I would have liked to seen circling back to the the Witchers fighting the the basilisks. Mm-hmm. You're right. It would be way cooler to see the witchers trying all of those things, I'd still be cool with them all failing. Like the, these basilisks have, you know, some sort of uh, skin that is made out of like what the monolith is made out of. And it's, you know, damn near indestructible. And so that's why dropping rocks and shit on them doesn't work. That's why they can't slide under them and cut them up. But to your point, they didn't try any of it. So no, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like I bought, I bought into that premise of their different, you know, we've never seen things like this before. They're harder to kill, but I need, but yeah, I needed an explanation or I needed them to figure shit out. And I would have bought that more too, if we'd <laughs> seen them be so proficient before, because that would yeah. create an extra impact. If they're like, these guys are the shit, like they, you know, they can, they're do having this. trouble. Oh, fuck, and now, yeah. yeah, these things come in from a different dimension. Like, what are we getting ourselves into going forward? with all these new things coming, now we're going to have problems. Right. Yeah. They didn't do that. So, I mean, a little girl did just murder them all by herself. Yes. <laughs> oh. Yep. Um, well, I just had to say then too, I was happy to see the reveal that they did reveal Philippa, uh, the owl. Mm-hmm. Um, so going through the series and like, okay, we knew that her, owl was a person. Yeah. Philippa, Ugh. that, I won't say, um, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's a, it's another race swap, but I think like costume wise and like just structure and stuff, I, I'm excited to see what they do with her. She, she is, uh, cool. yeah, she's a, she is an interesting character. Um, 
I just, I, there's a lot I want to say about her, but I guess, I, I mean, they, they could change it all. I don't know, but it'd be, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited for Philippa's role. Mm-hmm. So something to look forward to. Um, Final thoughts, things we really missed, things you got to get off your chest, things that, uh, you know, like ultimately, um, yeah, things we haven't discussed or hopeful for going forward. So I, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll close with, with a singular thought. I mean, there's obviously a lot of different things that could be happening in season three. Like we've, we've got a peek at like other dimensions. Now we can travel at, to these worlds inside monoliths. We've got a peek at the great hunt or the wild hunt, um, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, so, so we have have plenty of storyline possibilities there. Um, but one thing I'm interested in, I think is, you know, this kind of trade-off that, that happens at the end here, um, where Yennefer attempts to sacrifice herself for Siri and say like, I'll take in the deathless mother kind of like gets that all worked out and gets back to herself and then drops this bomb of, Hey, I got healed, you know? And, um, you know, Geralt's like, okay, well now you're going to be Siri's teacher and you're going to like teach her and guide her in the ways of magic and all of that. Um, so I was just like, okay, well, that's convenient. Um, and also healed. Like, did you guys get the sense that that was like bodily or that was I got my power back? Or I got both. I, I, I mean, like I know, I so I want to say. Damn you it, felt John. like it was power back? I felt like it was power back. Like, again, like another thing like, ah, it's resolved. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so on the one hand, I was like, cool, I guess I'm glad that that's going to work out and they're going to, like, you know, hopefully form, like, a uh, a better bond in the next season. Uh, on the other hand, that's, like, incredibly convenient that we're just, like, swapping Triss with Yennefer because in the beginning it was like, I brought Triss here to, like, teach you your magic and, you know, be your guide. And then, like, she just went away and got dropped for the rest of the scared season. And, yeah. Yeah, just, and, and- it just totally, like, dropped her storyline and then it was like, Enter Yennefer. So yeah, interesting. Sure. And their explanation doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. you're in a dif- different dimension, so you got exposed to chaos again, huh? Right. Why? <laughs> Why does that matter? Cool. Cool. I mean, it's a tricky thing with magic. You know, it's magic. You know, I, I, certain I things do it really well. Again, I bring up Full Metal Alchemist. It's alchemy, but it's like you know, magic. So, uh, but mm-hmm. it's when they try to base it on something or they try to explain it some sometimes that can lose its luster or you know something special about it but when you just are going to accept that it's magic it's just magic and you know the source of magic is chaos or whatever then yeah it's kind of like well we can make up a bunch of stuff because because Mm -hmm. magic you know yeah but to your point they did try and ground it in some level of explanation and so now you need those explanations Mm-hmm. to have logical consistency and this doesn't like um are you telling me there is no chaos in the current realm anymore then why can she not tap into it right the idea mm-hmm. was she couldn't tap into chaos she couldn't uh, she couldn't contain chaos anymore and then you're like yeah but this is like a different chaos so you get it again it's like what <laughs> right what are you talking and, about? 
and I was sort of interested to to figure out. So the character we got introduced to, um, Reince, Reince, um, does fire magic and clearly like doesn't burn himself out. So like, was you know maybe was there going to be something there for Yennefer to be like you know exploring that? Well, like, how does he do it? How can I do it? Like, you know, there you know there just didn't seem to be like rules there consistent rules there and i was interested in finding out more about that and then it was just like okay well quick and dirty fix like let's just give her some chaos and she's fine <laughs> as we deposit the deathless mother over here <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> made a deposit made a withdrawal thank you yeah this realm peace what out what a nice exchange <laughs> right yeah, evil oh, handy to be in that spirit, realm ancient spirit that just mm -hmm. decides they're good with being gone and then um and then my magic in return perfect yeah thanks mm -hmm. yeah uh how about you mike uh i think i think we've done a really good job of summarizing it the the last mm -hmm. thing that i will say is i know you're not supposed to take rotten tomatoes as gospel right by any means Mm -hmm. um and there is always a very funny dynamic with rotten tomatoes uh, i will base whether or not i want to see a movie on if the critic consensus is low then i want to see it if the critic consensus is high i don't want to waste my time typically mm -hmm. and if you look at which your season one the critic consensus is a 68 percent audience score 90 percent so out of 21,000 ratings people liked season one there mm -hmm. are some mishaps for sure, but people mm -hmm. liked it. Season two, you got a, a critic rating of 94%, shocking, and an audience score of 60%. It's a perfect correlation once again, mm -hmm. right? Uh, there's 53 critics that have done it, and there's over 4,000 for the audience score that have given it 60%. So I hope that these criticisms that people have brought up, uh, ourselves included, even though we like the material overall, mm -hmm. I hope they look at that. And I hope for season three, they try not to be better storytellers of something that is already beloved. Just go back to it. Just tell me what it is already. You know, Just tell me the story that's already there because it's clearly beloved. You don't need to do a better job and you're clearly not going to thus far. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and, and I think... The reason I bring that up is season one is said to have followed the the books, the games much more closely to the source material uh, than season two has, which is okay. clear in a lot of the characterization. So I hope they look at that and fix it with season three. Yeah, I'd say that um, it's definitely a common problem today. People want to get a, a beloved property and then they it's not about doing sir doing justice to that beloved property it's about mm -hmm. telling the story they want with something that has name recognition and right. so it's uh you can draw someone someone in with the first few episodes or even with the first season and then people like it so then you feel emboldened to change it yeah and it, it not only is a allows you to you know you're creative you can flex that you put your stamp on it your mark you know um so it's like a a pride thing you know, look what I, you know, brought to this. Um, so I think it's, yeah, I think it's a thing that perpetuates the industry for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I will say that I think that um, 
they did clearly listen to some feedback from the first season and things they did change. You know, I'm I'm particularly thinking of Triss um, mm-hmm. and just like the simple changes there to make her come in line with more how she looks or how fans are used to her looking. Um, but then some steps back, you know, and they, 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 you know, clearly had some more budget. So we had some better effects and some better monsters yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yep. then, yeah, look going uh, needlessly going, going against, um, you know, some of the, the biggest, you know, bring it up again, uh, yeah. with Lambert and, uh, you know, Eskel? just, yeah, Eskel as well. So it's, uh. Well, and the, the things that we're talking about that don't seem to make sense to us, they are plot points that they have changed from the source material. Mm-hmm. Vesemir, that that doesn't make sense. That doesn't add up, right? We talked about why that didn't have any mm-hmm. uh, continuity. That that wasn't congruent. Right. And that's what you changed. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Eskel, yep. you didn't need to do that. I don't even know who Eskel is, but mm-hmm. I know you didn't need to do that based on what people mm-hmm. said. Like, Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's it seems so funny to me to to like have an actor that looks and embodies Vesemir so closely and then have his personality not to not care enough to make his personality and like his character choices match Vesemir's character. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's totally like out of whack to me to just like be like this is Vesemir. Like, look how closely he matches to the game. Like, look, how, you know what I mean? Like, it's just so familiar and the same. And then suddenly, like, he's a different person. Like, yeah. why not just cast a totally different person? So right. I don't even think about Vesemir that way. If you're just going to, like, change things. Yep. Even it's if much more that... disconcerting to me to do this and to change his personality that way. Right. But even if you do that, you still have to tell a logical story their their motivations still have to make sense you can't have this guy who leads the witchers be like let's turn you the one who has our blood that we need to make more witchers (laughs) into the first witcher and probably kill you like right no (laughs) right yeah no any and it's it it's it's a sad state where these properties that have the name recognition that will have a built-in fan base that they don't bother to find someone that really cares about that thing. Like we're lucky that Henry Cavill cares about the thing. Like yeah. what does he change? Well, I, I think I've heard him say that there's, he's brought up lines. He's like, Geralt wouldn't say that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, because if, if a fan, any fan that I know was making this, there are just things you wouldn't do because it mm-hmm. would offend you. Like the thing you love that you'd have, it would hurt you to change it. Right. Even if you felt it was necessary for adapting it to television, those things would still hurt you. you, you in interviews, you'd be like, you know, really didn't want to change this from the source, mm-hmm. but ABC is why it just w- didn't feel like it would work for us in mm-hmm. the live action setting context. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't come out. And it's, I don't know. It's just, it's just too bad. It's too bad that people, that a studio gets the rights to something find someone that wants to tell their own story with an existing story they're given. And I don't know, it's, mm-hmm. but that's where we're at. And yeah. uh, I guess I, I guess I gotta be happy that 
it's as ends up as cool as as it is a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Thanks. So. Thanks for the visuals. The visuals are good. Mm -hmm. um, Thanks for Henry those, Cavill. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess the showrunner wanted to put a joke in to uh, Roach's death, and Cavill was like, "No, mm. that's that's not what this situation is about." And she's like, yeah. "Okay, then you give me a line," and and he did. He went in and found that speech from the books, and he's like, "This is something that he would say. This is a good thing." And then, mm -hmm. and thankfully, the writers know that. Well, you know? thankfully, she was at least like, "Cool, good, you're right." Yep. You know. Yep. Uh, so there's there's elements of that. That's why I think there's hope for season three. Mm -hmm. Yep, I agree. Uh, the thing I don't have much hope for, I guess, is that I, it, the Netflix seems content with the rights now to Witcher to make a lot of Witcher. Um, yeah. I didn't think that their animated thing on Vesemir was particularly great uh, or particularly in line mm -hmm. with uh, how I would imagine Vesemir in there as well. And then at the end, we get the tease of Witcher Blood Origin, um, which is a new series they're going to do. Yep. And uh, probably I'm guessing the origin of the Witchers. And immediately when I saw that, I thought, this looks low budget again. This, um, the exact thing I went from watching Wheel of Time to the first episode of season two of The Witcher, where I'm like, ah, an adult show with like money behind it and someone that can direct. I immediately, I saw this trailer. I'm like, oh, child stuff again. We're going <laughs> young adult. It's everybody looks clean. Um, mm. It's going to be some sort of poppy. No. So I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not excited for that be, show. That is supposed to be the story of uh, series Elderblood. So the first elves. Okay. Oh. So, I mean, it sounds like a great, I mean, anything in The Witcher to me is like potential for great storytelling. But just like what I'm seeing off of that trailer shouts mm -hmm. that they're not sure about it and they're not giving it the money or the people with the talent to make it. Sure. So. But what a what a like positive <laughs> I just everybody uh, go yeah. watch The Witcher. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the level of conversation that it's drum up though. Yes. It's excellent. Really, yeah. you know? There you go. Yeah. I, I I I totally think it's worth watching. I think it's fun. You know, I um, you know, I think uh, you know, ultimately I generally enjoyed uh, everything I saw or mm -hmm. my time with it. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, more, give me yeah. more. There's better. nothing, there's Do nothing better. wrong with that. There's, there's nothing wrong with like, you know, I think in, with anything, um, you're never going to get something that's perfect. You're never going to get something that you say, I have no criticisms. Um, you know, and, and unfortunately I think with season two, we had a little bit more than I think if we'd just been discussing season one, but that doesn't that doesn't mean there's still not hope for this property and that there still wasn't um particularly strong moments this season. Like I said, you know, like episode five, I thought there was like some steps forward, even though we stumbled again later. Like there are still clear, strong moments that that make me um drawn in and make me compelled to watch the show. And I just hope to see more of them in season three. Sure. All right. Alan, you got to tell us what our time's at. I feel like we're, I feel like we're up there in the pantheon of Popcast on the Rocks uh, episode run times. Um, uh, doing pretty good. Alan's too um, busy thinking of his next practical joke on us. 
The oh, next time I, you can slip I, in I, Zack Snyder's I, name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know Zack Snyder's doing Blood Origin? Yeah. What? <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. All so. the slow-mo I can handle? Yep. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Okay, well, um, that's been Popcast on the Rocks, episode 90. Uh, thank you both for joining me, um, Mike, uh, returning guest, and Andrea, as always. Um, I'd like to thank Killing the Flower for our theme song. You can find them on Spotify, YouTube, and Instagram. Also, make sure for our show here, our little show where we... Uh, I say we talk about pop culture things we love, and but sometimes it comes off negative. I I apologize. You know, we, we do talk about things we love uh, mostly. So um, follow us here on Twitch or Twitter, face, Facebook, YouTube, all those places. Mm-hmm. Leave comments, share, subscribe, follow, all that. Uh, on your favorite podcast directory as well, we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and a bunch of other ones. So please leave reviews there. And that'll do it from us. We'll see you all next week. Sounds good. Cheers, everybody.